This conference will now be recorded. Honestillboro Council Meeting, January Mayor, do you expect to have somebody in attendance or virtual for the? Well, you know, it, uh, it's looking like maybe the weather got to them. So I'll, I'll speak to that. But. Understood. We can, uh, we can wait till six on the dot, which it is now. Okay. Uh, well, to kick things off in the mayor's prayer community reflection section, I was intending to start a new tradition this meeting, which I'll. Um, carry forward once a month going forward, but uh, it'll be an invite to a local faith leader and they will offer a prayer before the meeting starts. In lieu of that, it looks like the ice has maybe got to them. So we'll um, just have a moment of silence and reflection here to begin. Thank you. Thank you. Judy, uh, I think because we're doing this first time for hybrid, if we could do a roll call vote for attendance, please. Okay. That'd be helpful. Thank you. Are you calling to meeting to order now at 601? Yes, I will call the meeting to order, please. Thank you. Okay. So, roll call vote. I'm attendance. James Hamill. Here. Jason Newbon. Here. William McAllister. Here. Michael Ojello. Here. Sounds good. David Nielsen. Present. James Jennings. Here. Jared Newbon. Here. Mayor Derek Williams. Present. Solicitor Richard Henry. Present. DPW Director Dan Brown. He said he may be joining us, but he is not on now. Secretary Judith Poltanis. Here. Fire Chief Steve Bates. Police Chief Rick Southerton. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Boltanis. If everybody would please rise and join the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, Thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight here at uh, Council Chambers at Borough Hall. We have a few folks in the public in attendance, but we also have a few folks online, and we really appreciate Ms. Boltanis and the staff uh, getting things together for a hybrid uh, session here to start off 2022. Uh, I think that it's essential that we have open meetings to the public and people are able to attend where they are, both for uh, public health reasons and for uh, the weather, which I really did dovetail uh, quite well with that first hybrid meeting tonight. So uh, I do want to open up the meeting first with an appointment of council committees. 
And this will help us get uh, on our way with a lot of tasks that we have within the borough in different departments and in different um, facets of what the borough does. So uh, without any further ado, I'd like to uh, make those appointments in, in the public so that members of the public can know who on council will be serving in those capacities. Um, first for buildings committee, Mr. David Nilsson would be chair and Mr. Jason Newbon vice chair. And that would be a great team to, to handle a lot of the buildings and facilities that the borough has, including right here where we sit. Uh, Mr. James Jennings would be appointed to the Economic Revitalization Committee as chair and Mr. Jared Newbon to vice chair there. They've both served previously in that capacity and I appreciate their willingness to serve again in that capacity as well. Finance Committee, we've al already appointed with Mr. Jared Newbon and Mr. William McAllister online. Um, thank you again both for everything you gentlemen are doing. Uh, Grants Committee Chair would be Mr. Nilsson and Vice Chair Mr. James Jennings, who had been in the chair position. And I look forward to uh, making that money flow for the borough in 2022 and beyond. Uh, Insurance Committee, uh, Mr. Mike Ajello would be a, a, a very good asset there, and so would uh, Mr. Jared Newbon as well, based on his previous service there too. And I appreciate your service there for that committee. Thank you very much. On in. Hello. Hello. How you doing? Good, thanks. Absolutely. Ms. Boltanis will take good care of you there. Mr. Mayor, if you did want to take some time in a moment or two after this, maybe we can, um, you know, recognize. Um, Go ahead. This is the person who's just a little bit late for Derek. Right. Okay. I, and I think we would be able to recognize him. However, with it, with it being inside the meeting, I don't think that that's um, currently an option to us right now. But we would like to make a rec recognition of somebody coming to the meeting for that purpose, and we appreciate that. That's right. Just hold off one moment. We'll get through these right here. Um, On to the parking committee, Mr. Jason Newbon uh, previously served there, I believe, correct? And Mr. William McAllister as well. So we appreciate them both uh, helping out with our parking needs. Uh, Mr. James Jennings back in the Parks and Recreation Committee chairperson position. And Mr. David Nilsson as vice chairperson. Uh, personnel committee would be Jared Newbon as a chair and Mr. James Jennings as vice chair. Uh, Public Safety Committee. Uh, this has been a, a spot that's long been held by a previous council member, and I really look forward to uh, having Mr. Jason Newbon serve in that capacity uh, coming forward. I know that you have a, a lengthy, you know, involvement with the law enforcement community, and I look forward to all that you're going to be able to do for our, our department and, and our community. And Mr. Uh, Bill McAllister online again there, serving in a vice chair capacity for Public Safety. Stormwater Committee, another massive, massive undertaking, and it's already uh, happened in the uh, previous couple of years and for the few years to come at least. Mr. James Jennings, in, James Jennings in the chair position there, and Mr. William McAllister in the vice chair position. Streets Committee, uh, Jason Newbon is the chair and Bill, Cal Bill McAllister is the vice chair. Workplace Committee, Workplace Safety Committee, that would be Mr. Jason Newbon, and vice chair, Mr. Michael Ajala. And Zoning Committee, uh, Mr. Michael Ajala, who has uh, served in, in the capacity of president in the past and has a great understanding of the zoning needs and Mr. Nilsson, David Nilsson is the vice chair. So thank you to each and every individual who's willing to help um, tackle all of those committees. And we can certainly find ways to, to work together on those committees. I know you can reach out to me in an ex officio capacity on each of those committees to, to help kind of uh, work across different committees that we have. There's quite a few of them here and sometimes those needs 
and tasks overlap in some way, shape, or form, and I'm happy to help uh, communicate those. So uh, I would like to pause here before we go on to the decision on the conditional use hearing and recognize the pastor who joined us here this evening, and thank you so much for coming. Um, we intended to have a, a remarks at the very beginning, but we had a moment of silence and certainly uh, recognized uh, you know, the, uh, the gravity of the moment and the task that hand. So thank you for coming out tonight. All right, enough uh, jibber jabber from me onto the decision on the conditional use hearing with Ms. Ms. Renner. Um, this was held here in council chambers last week. And we want to, uh, uh, now that we have zoning committee in place, entertain a motion on that conditional use application. Um, and I believe that the solicitor has provided something to council. And would there be a member of the zoning committee that who would like to make that motion? Um, I just normally we have some discussion before we make a motion on the situation. There was a hearing That's a good point, Mr. Algello, and I appreciate that. I would like to ask questions first. Sure. And I would open up the, the floor to any questions, concerns, or thoughts from council members uh, before we do um, determine, you know, the uh, the result of the hearing. And uh, I know some of us were able to be here, some of us were not, but um, the uh, the information has been provided by Mr. Uh, Mr. Henry, and that's in your packets as well. So is there any discussion on the, the, the situation with, with the application? If I might, I see condition seven, uh, is intending to limit the capacity to two individuals. Is there only one bed on site without knowing those details? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there is. is. Chief okay, yep. great. Yep. Yep. Thank you, Mr. Williams. She also had, uh, the owner had also mentioned that they don't even have a sleeper, like a sleeper sofa or anything of like that. So it's really just a bed. I believe it's the former cable company home on Ash Street. So it's like- It was a repair, right. repair business. Right, it's very, very much intended, you know, to be Quite unto its own as a as a as a home there. Mr. Nelson, make a motion. You, you certainly may. We have a lot to get through. Okay. Uh, this is David Nelson. I move that the application for conditional use of Cindy A. Renner, submitted on October 13, 2021, and examined by the public hearing on January 11, 2022, be approved under the subject to the following conditions. You have to read all the conditions. That's why you didn't volunteer. And now I see why. I won't do that again. One, the conditional use application requested is approved consistent with the original application and testimony of record. The contents of same being incorporated herein by reference thereto. Number two, a conditional use is granted for one short-term Airbnb type rental unit. Three, the application shall comply with any and all rules and regulations of Airbnb or any similar booking entity or franchise applicant may patronize. Four, any and all such rules and regulations shall be provided to the short-term rental tenants. Five, the short-term rental use shall be managed and monitored by applicant or her designee. Six, applicant shall provide Honesdale Borough with current phone numbers and addresses for herself and any designee manager and timely update them as necessary. 
Seven, capacity of the short-term rental unit shall be limited to two, two individuals. Eight, the lead short-term rental unit guests shall be 25 years of age or older. Nine, the subject short-term rental unit shall not be used for parties or similar events. Ten, consistent with this conditional use approval, the applicant shall submit, apply for, and receive a typical residential rental registration inspection approval cost to be borne by applicants within 30 days of the approval and on or before April 1st of every year thereafter. 11, applicant most current Airbnb or similar booking entity contra contract shall be provided to the borough zoning office and regularly maintained and updated as necessary. 12, Vehicle parking shall be restricted to the garage and or the parking area on the subject property. There shall be no off-premises or on-street parking. 13, off-premises noise shall be limited after 10 p.m. 14, applicant shall comply with the Homestale Residential Rental Registration Ordinance. 15, nothing herein shall be construed as anything more than approval of the conditional use requested by applicant under the subject to any and all other further and required submissions and or approvals as may be applicable. Thank you, Mr. Newt. Uh, yeah. We really appreciate you taking that one. Uh, there's a motion on the floor by Mr. Nilsson. Uh, uh, would there be a second? There's a second on the floor by Mr. Agella. Is there any discussion on the motion? Seeing none, I'll offer up a voice vote. All in favor, say aye. 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 I will abst Thank you. Any uh, nays in this? And I will abstain in this uh, case um, due to the fact that um, uh, potentially the employer that uh, I have would potentially reap some financial gain from any short-term rental in the borough. So I'll fill that at the uh, abstention form. But uh, thank you again. The, the motion passes. And uh, we would like to excuse the stenographer from this uh, uh, virtual presence in the meeting. We really appreciate your attendance tonight. We can move on in this meeting. And Judy, Ms. Pulsanis, would this be the proper time in which I can read one of these pieces of paper to welcome folks online? OK, thank you. The next agenda item is public comment. And in light of current public health issues, we have afforded members of the public the ability to attend this meeting either in person or remotely. All borough residents and taxpayers, including those participating remotely, will be afforded an opportunity to provide public comment if they elect to do so. We will open the public comment portion by taking comments first from those who are present in person. We will then take comments from those who have registered with the borough secretary in advance of this meeting, followed by any taxpayer or resident who wishes to address council. Are there individuals present who would like to provide comment? I see Ms. Glover has her name on the list. You may head up to the podium, Ms. Glover. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you, Borough Councilors, for having me. Um, I'd like to, I have a couple things to address here, so I'll try to be as speedy as possible. Um, first off, I have a couple um, packets of 
fire um, images of the firework debris that was on the cliff during um, during the Fourth of July time period this past year, just to go along with the, uh, the my recommendations for a change to the fireworks um, ordinance and permit, just so that way you can understand what exactly I'm talking about when I say debris on the cliff. Um, second, uh, the flashing pedestrian crossing sign is still missing from the uh, the Church Street and Ninth Street crosswalk, and it's been, I guess, at least three months. And so it's just, you know, since since car drivers are used to looking for flashing lights at that particular intersection, it makes it especially dangerous for pedestrians who are trying to cross at that spot. So I'm I'm just hoping that if there's any update on that, great. Or if there's uh, just knowing when that will be taken care of and hopefully speedily would be awesome. Uh, third, uh, in our uh, the Parks Commission felt that in order to make a, a much needed much needed progress on a professional plan, uh, we're looking to, as you've probably seen in your packet, we're looking to have $5,000 from the locker room update be set aside for uh, for parks planning purposes. And that being said, as someone with a background in architecture, if there's something I can do to volunteer to be of assistance in creating drawings or uh, or anything else to, to assist with the locker room changes, I feel strongly about that. But uh, I, I, you know, I both both the plan and I think the locker room changes should happen in a, in a speedy manner. But if there's something I can do to help with the locker room changes. I, I didn't feel it was appropriate for me to take away from that without being able to possibly offer something uh, as a volunteer myself to help that along. Um, and then lastly, the, the longest one to mention is uh, some just some general information about the parks use request form that I spent most uh, on and off the past year and a half working on uh, that you guys are finally seeing. Um, the whole goal was to create a faster and more straightforward form that would replace our current processes for getting parks events through. Um, so that it would replace, for example, the FRM pavilion use form and also a, if Judy would know, but it's a six or eight page document that's just full of text um, that normally if someone who's trying, no, if someone is trying to put on an event in the park um, without, you know, without being, um, part of an official organization, if they're just trying to put on a graduation party or a wedding or a birthday party, they'd have to fill out this very long, you know, form that you would you would really only be able to understand if you're a lawyer. Um, and I know most of our residents are unfortunately not lawyers. No offense, Mr. Mr. Henry. Um, and so let's see. This would also allow the borough office to sign off on small events, which would allow more things to be able to happen in the park and also prevent more, you know, more time of yours and also the Parks Commission from being taken up. Um, and as you go through it, if you find ways to simplify it, please do. I have tried my best, but the more eyes that are on it that can can find ways to cut through the, the mumbo jumbo on it and make sure it's as easy as possible for the public to use, the better. Um, and I'm just trying to see if there's anything else I wanted to. Oh, and there's there's a bit on the special events page about the uh, about media filming and photography. And I've talked to a couple people um, about that standard that I've set in in the document, which again is very much up for change. But um, basically, if let's see. Uh, I'm of the I'm of the I know that we had a lot we talked a lot with about the 
um, the, me the potential media ordinance um, last year. And I'm personally of the opinion that if we require a permit to shut down our streets, our sidewalks, and our parks, that we don't need an additional permit for media exclusively. Um, that is, at least until the likes of Marvel is regularly filming here. Um, so that's why I've addressed that very uh, concretely in the parks use request form. And please feel free to run the statement in that by other other media folks that you know, um, so that way we can make sure that it's fair, while also allowing uh, for things to happen that in the park that don't uh, necessarily require that whole fil form being filled out. Film filled out in cases like when kids want to film things for Instagram or whatnot. Uh, I think that's it. So thank you for uh, taking the time to hear those thoughts. Thank you, Ms. Glover. Thank you very much. I did want to uh, bring up uh, something to what you pointed out there regarding the flashing lights, Ms. Boltanis, correct me if I'm wrong, but the purchase order is placed for the replacement piece on Church Street, correct? The insurance company reimbursed the borough for we finally got the insurance money. So the purchase order, if it has not already been signed, it's in somebody's packet to be signed. Okay, very good. So we're on our way. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for all the hard work of, of both you and the commission um, working through both of those recommendations coming to us tonight. Are there uh, any folks online um, who would like to speak tonight uh, electronically? We would ask that you unmute yourself and identify yourself. Seeing none, was there anybody in the public again then who wanted to speak at public comment tonight? Feel free. You would just have to sign in here, sir, if you don't mind. Sir, thank you so much. Before I speak. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Fine. We're good. Thank you so much. Thank you. My name is Pastor Adam Reinhardt from St. John's Lutheran Church. I apologize for my tardiness. I typically run three to five minutes late, and it's good to see that you are all very punctual. <laughs> so I will just uh, offer you a brief word of encouragement that. I'm excited to see this uh, new configuration of council. I'm especially excited to see my friend Derek uh, as mayor. And so today on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, I pray that the spirit of the Lord, the same spirit that animated and inspired Martin Luther King Jr. would also animate and inspire all of you that you might use your positions here to work for peace and justice and freedom for all people here in Homesdale and in the larger Wayne County area. So the Lord's blessing be upon you and have a good meeting. Thank you. Uh, Reverend, would you mind providing your address then? Oh. We, do, we do need that in light of the fact that um, it's on the form here and I can always look it. Thank you so much for that. We appreciate you joining us tonight. Will there be anybody else? Thank you, sir. Have a lovely night and safe turn home. Seeing none, we'll move on. There is another uh, opportunity for citizen input at the end of the meeting. I thought that that might be prudent, seeing the fact that 
sometimes we have issues that come up during the meeting that somebody wants to have uh, some kind of reply to one of those topics. So that would be helpful to have somebody if they wanted to stay around to the final tally of the meeting. We'll move on to actions on meet minutes of previous meetings. We have two uh, sets of minutes to approve both from the December 20th, 21 meeting and the January 3rd reorganizational meeting. They have been uh, provided to council members before the meeting here, and I wonder if any council members would provide a motion to approve both minutes. Can't do them together? Thank you, Mike. We'll do them separately then, please. Uh, the first one would be the one from December. I move to approve the minutes of the regular meeting on December 20th, 2021, as presented. I second it. Motion by Mr. James Jennings, seconded by Mr. Nilsson. Any discussion on the motion? Seeing no discussion, all in favor say aye. 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 None opposed. Motion carries. I move to approve the minutes of the regular meeting on January 3rd, 2022, as presented. I second it. Mr. Nilsson with a second. Mr. James Jennings with a, a motion to approve the minutes. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Being none opposed, the motion carries. Thank you. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. Uh, that's worth a comment. All right, we have the treasurer's report. Mr. Nuban, would you like to pre uh, present the treasurer's report here tonight? Sure. It's the first page in our reports here. And I did. Um, Hopefully everyone's had a chance to review it, but just for the sake of, of any new counselors coming in or anyone that needs a reminder, we do, under each line item, when we have large expenses that we know are coming up, we put it in there, even though it's not spent yet, so everyone kind of sees, you know, what's actually what's actually there and then what's what's available to be used. And, of course, it's all spoken for in the budget, so it's not like we can just spend it. But just for clarification, when you see the negatives, that's what it means. I would move to accept the treasurer's report pending audit for the previous month. Mr. Nuban with a motion. Is there a second? I'll second it. Mr. Nielsen with a second. Any discussion on the motion? Seeing none, we'll hold a voice vote. All in favor, say aye. 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 None opposed. The motion carries. Thank you, Mr. Nuban. There are no requests for borough property tonight. So we'll move right along with uh, the solicitor report, please, Mr. Henry. I provided a, an update in regard to 123 Cottage Street. I think uh, we are looking to, in the very near future to having that matter resolved. We also have the, a similar situation regarding an abandoned property on Tracy Street. The problem on that one is somewhat similar to the one on 123 Cottage Street. The individuals who owned it are deceased. One of the uh, estates but one of the individuals has been probated here on an ancillary basis from New York County, New York. We've also done work in regard to the carriage path, which is the commonly known access from Riverside Drive to the borough's Irving Cliff path. I also did some or provided input in regard to the rent or conditional use. And we're certifying the judgment in regard to uh, Weiss and 825 Main Street from District Court to the Court of Common Pleas of Wayne County. That's all I have to report this time. Thank you very much. Mr. Henry, thank you. And just for clarification's yeah. sake, that would be Castle Street, correct? Not Cottage? Castle? Castle Street. Very good. <laughs> thank you. Just for the record, that's all. We, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Any members of council with any further 
remarks from Mr. Henry? Seeing none, we'll move on to the mayor's report. Mr. Williams. Just a quick lead off with a set of quotes from um, Dr. Larry Martin, the King Jr. An individual has not started living until they can rise above the confines of their individualistic concerns to the broader concerns of all humanity. Whatever affects one directly affects us all indirectly. Now those uh, come from different places, but they spoke to the same sentiment to me. And as someone who's been involved in community affairs before, and particularly as someone now in this new mayoral position, I, uh, I appreciated the extra truth that rang from them. And with that in mind, you know, in my position to kind of funnel information from the public, two things recently come to mind. Uh, one's related to debris pickup. I think there might be a little bit of dated information on the website with respect to um, uh, public works picking up the yard debris. Uh, so it might be something to look into. I think the flyer that's on there says it doesn't pick up Christmas trees, but there's a time of the year when we do do that. We haven't picked up Christmas yeah, trees in we years. Do as of late. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, great. Maybe that, that one has resolved itself. <laughs> uh, secondly, uh, garbage pickup. It came to my attention that some people in uh, town have experienced trucks picking up garbage before 7 a.m. And uh, the Burgle Code, Chapter 175-7, uh, pickup needs to be between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. So I, I talked to the chief about it a little bit. And, he suggested that without someone necessarily on duty, it's difficult to do anything about that because you can't respond and see it actually happening. So maybe a letter from council or a letter from the mayor's office to each individual hauling provider would be a good way to um, just put them all on notice that we have these rules. I can actually confirm that that happens every Thursday, five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I hear it downtown too. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, um, those were the those are the two bits for me. I'm happy to read the police report now, uh, since the chief's not around, unless you grab me wait. You certainly may, Mr. Williams. Uh, yes. Ms. Mr. President, so he offered two suggestions. Are you going to uh, allow him to send a letter then, or does council want to send a letter? Surely. Uh, I would open it up to discussion for uh, council members as to whether or not we'd like the mayor to send a letter on his behalf, and also potentially if we'd want to send one conjoining that letter as well. So. The letter would be just a recommendation to these providers of, of sticking with the rules of the borough. That's how I, I do believe you, uh, you framed so, it that yeah. way, Mr. Williams, correct? And just reference the borough code forms. They, they've been reprimanded in the past. The police chief has called them numerous times and it's just, uh, we'll do better, but then they don't. <laughs> I don't. I mean, is there any kind of repercussion for these trash collectors? Gosh, I mean, if the police were on duty and they caught him, I suppose they could offer a, I suppose. a ticket to incite them somehow. But I, this maybe is just something that hasn't been tried before. Maybe it'll. All right. Well, game for it. With the shot. It would be my hope that we wouldn't have to get to that point. Uh, a letter should suffice, one would hope. But <laughs> honestly, from their perspective, the time they have to do all the rounds they have to make in our coverage area, they would probably just save the community rather than abide by it. Something about the area. I'm just telling them that their schedules, they're running rampant as hard as they can. And if you say you don't want to come back here, there's something not going to come anywhere, they'll simply say, well, we'll be homestead. The major ones may stay, but I think several of them will say, no. This morning, I mean, you can pursue them and try to make them aware of the complaints. But the reality is, most, in most areas, garbage pickup is like four or five in the morning across the country. That's just normal. 
our rules are probably out of line with what we do in our client space work. That's just my guess. I'm just saying to be careful for to wish for my opinion. And positioned correctly, this could just be an offer to work together on a solution mm -hmm. rather than laying down the law and saying this is, uh, you know, we, we might want to hear some feedback from them too on whether or not that would be the case. Correct? I think you should ask, I think you should ask the letter now some planning to be done and if not, why? That's the way to proceed. I think there'd have to be some sort of reception made a day like that. Folks didn't get to trash pick though. These guys are now a day behind. How do they how do they catch up? They 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 have to. They have to work hours that are outside of what, what we're letting. I mean it just it doesn't work sometimes. And if it comes down to that, maybe we need to look at ordinance. I don't know. But I'd certainly be open to working with the trash companies first. And find out what their needs are first okay. what what the, they're all under time, under contract, and what have you, what they can do, where they can go. And it's just interesting. Mr. Mayor, would you uh, still be willing to pen that letter and, and have it reviewed um, ahead of sending it? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Mr. McAllister, don't let me uh, leave you out here as a streets committee person too. Uh, if you have anything to say, please speak up. No, I'm I'm comfortable with uh, whatever decision the council may make. Uh, regarding this issue i'm usually up at five o'clock so it doesn't bother me one way or the other very good would that require a motion then miss Boltanis? it would not correct okay well, that would be helpful then uh, mr mayor if, if you wouldn't mind uh, sharing you know uh, the letter that, that would come from your office with council and then council can, can look at that before it heads on out and, and attaches our our name to it as well that sounds great Thank you. Uh, and Mr. Williams, you'd like to also present us with the police chief's report, correct? Yep. Uh, so for the month of December, 19 crimes reported, two cleared, three arrests. They were all adults. Uh, property stolen, $905. Property recovered, $100, which doesn't necessarily mean it's part of that $900. It's just recovered from potentially previous incidents. And uh, seven traffic citations. Now, I've also learned that this report is kind of a generalized summary from something called the uh, Uniform Crime Reporting Program, which is uh, obligatory reporting that our office has to report to the FBI. And those statistics are more detailed. So now that I know what those are, I wanted to make everyone aware what the name of that is so we can dig in and look at more data and have um, potentially more stories and better understanding of what's going on. Thank you. Thank you very much. Next, we have the fire chief's report. The fire chief is not here this evening. Public safety chairman, you'd be willing to? Sure. Fun, please, thank you. Fire chief's report for December of 2021. Total calls were 28. MVC were seven. Auto alarms were four. Public service were seven. Structure fires were four. Medical were two. Hazmat were three. Vehicle fires were one. Zero brush fires and zero water emergencies. Thank you very much. Uh, the Public Works Director report, and Mr. Brown, no doubt, has been out in it mm -hmm. since the early morning hours. We appreciate he and the rest of the, the crew working tirelessly to keep our streets safe. And as Mr. Bonson pointed out, the hill looks pretty nice up there today. So um, with with respect to the monthly report from Mr. Brown, 
we could have the streets chairman do it. And uh, Mr. Newbon, that would be you again, if you'd be willing to, please. Sure. Uh, DPW report for December of 2021. Uh, as far as streets, we had multiple debris and roadways from various storms, meter repairs, meter collections, multiple salting and anti-skid for the ice storms that we had, vehicle maintenance and upkeep on winter equipment. Uh, as far as buildings, there were uh, bathroom repairs on the second floor of this building. Uh, and cleaning of old files. In stormwater, you had storm drains cleared from snow and ice debris. In parks and recreation, uh, we did walkthroughs of the parks for debris and branches, and the pool was winterized. Um, that concludes that report. I'd just like to say, uh, I think the guys did a tremendous job throughout this storm. I mean, I was out at five o'clock this morning and, and got around just fine in two wheel drive, and, and Dan was in contact with me. So good. Uh, kudos to those guys. Fantastic. Um, I know that there's another agenda item here that Mr. Brown would have brought up had he been here. Are you aware, Mr. Nubon, of, of what he wanted to introduce to council and perhaps that could be brought up under the budget discussion? Yes, the finance committee is aware of it. Finance committee is aware. Very good. Thank you very much. We'll hold on to that until the next agenda item, the finance committee report. First, we have... Uh, the 2022 tax anticipation note resolution. Mr. Jared Newbon, if you'd like to present these items. Certainly. Resolution for tax anticipation note. Resolution number. Is it accurate? Okay. I move to adapt. Resolution number 2022-010 regarding the 2022 tax anticipation note as required by the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. There's a motion on the floor from Mr. Jared Newbon. Is there a second? I will second. Mr. Ogello would second. Sorry, Mr. McAllister. Mr. Ogello beat you to it. Okay. We'll uh, hold any discussion on the motion. Seeing none, all in favor say aye. 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 None opposed. Motion carries. Okay, and then we also um, was able to speak with several counselors, and we have some changes to the 2022 budget that we reopened, um, which hopefully everyone will be able to stop at their mailbox. I believe it was on the yellow sheet if you got it. So it would be fair to follow along. Um, it's rather lengthy. I guess I could actually take a moment and just go through some of these. Um, it was requested that we actually separate out our debt service. So um, really didn't change anything, but now it's it's more specific that you can, you know, anyone looking at the budget would be able to directly see the amount that goes towards debt service. Um, and then one of the big things that was discussed was just uh, moving around some stormwater fees so that um, as we saw stormwater getting more expensive last year. Councillor Jim Jennings had mentioned that he thought some of the projects were going to be um, more than we originally thought, so there's some moving of funds for that as well. I move to make the following changes to the reopen 2022 budget as per councillor's input. Following accounts have been increased or added. From account number 301.91, debt service for current year, $24,322. From account number 410.48, grievances slash arbitration, $9,000. From account number 
from account number 430.70, unspecified DPW plan purchases, $2,000, to account number 437, small paving, CWRA. From account number 437, renamed account, $50,000, to account number 437, paving, Watts Hill. From account number 446.25, another renamed account, $7,000, to account number 446.20, stormwater engineering, and from account number 454.70, Apple Grove Plan, $12,000. Following accounts have been decreased. From account number 301.10, real estate taxes, $1,847,588.16. From account number 451.75, locker room engineering, $5,000. To account number 454.70, Parks Comprehensive Plan. The following accounts have been deleted. From account number 492.45, transfer to stormwater loan, in the amount of $23,091 to account number 392.01 stormwater loan. There is a motion from Mr. Jared Newbon regarding the changes to the 2022 budget. Is there a second? I'll second. <laughs> Mr. McAllister, thank you for the second. Is there any discussion on the motion currently? A rise to a point of information. I've been reading the book. What is, uh, what's that? I can't see that. What's that saying? 410.48 grievances, $9,000. What is that? Can you speak about that or not? Um, why do you choose to move that, Judy? Do you remember? Okay, it is actually, you're spot. increasing it. Okay. What you see are the amounts that okay. are now the new totals from your okay. previous your budget range. and what okay. you received. It was increased because the bills now are larger when they go to arbitration. <coughs> the arbitrators. Yeah, when we are required to pay, it will, oh, we're always going to pay at least half of the cost of arbitration, whether we win or lose. If we lose, we pay the full cost. So we're, uh, anticip we're anticipating, you know, higher expenses there. Thank you for clarifying, Judy. <coughs> information I like to know is what is. So are we? What is that grievance or arbitration? Is this some kind of litigation that's going on or something? Or? It would be an arbitration, so it would be pre-litigation, but you know, just an attempt to settle something outside of court, but with a mutual party. You guys, does that good? Clarify. Sorry, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. Is it? Does that suffice? Do you, because currently, if it regards personnel, yeah, I understand that. That's why yeah. to, you say per, I don't understand that. Understand. Um, and then the Apple Growth Plan. What is the twelve thousand for? Great that I read for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So <laughs> I'm not sure why it's called the Apple Grove Plan. This is um, the monies that we moved over from the from last year essentially right so it's like um we had set it aside for playground equipment and the idea was to potentially move the current playground equipment to apple grove and design a new playground at central park so it could be renamed to just like a park playground plan kind of thing 
um, if that's if that's yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's what that one is for, um, as far as as far as I know, unless, unless it's something completely different. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. If I may, uh, it's because at the end of the year it was not put into a CD like some of the other capital campaign stuff. Yeah. So just to clarify, it comes out of your cash on hand. So the only way was really to signify it in your budget as monies. Right. It okay. was approved at one of the December meetings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After the budget, the other budget was adopted. Right, but it's the playground. It is the playground yeah. for Apple Grove, and if you want it to rename it that, we can name it whatever the council wants. There was also money in there for mulching, correct? The mulch program. Yeah, that, that was got, folded in. That got reallocated to that from 2021, so that's a reallocation, and then now it's. So playground plan is everyone okay with that? We can just change mm -hmm. the account. That'd be all right. Mm -hmm. okay. So, do you need to amend your motion? I can amend my motion to change Apple Grove plan to park playground equipment. And then the the only thing I have, just so I understand, we talked about the stormwater expenses. So, is there a total of twenty thousand in the stormwater expenses now, or is it twenty five thousand dollars? Because we have. We talked about the Crestmont project. Um, is that accounted for here? Is that what the engineer? It should be 25. 25 in general fund yes. and uh, whatever amount in liquid fuels that was 20, already there. 20 in liquid fuels. Okay, so there's a total of 25 in, and then 20 from liquid fuels. That's what's out there. Granted, the additional five would be used in conjunction with liquid fuels to fund the Crestmont project. And it could be I may have misspoke because I think of the paving is in the same area. Let's find with the tools. Because it's uh, looks like it's I'm sorry, it's four forty six point two five. I don't know what the page number is. Um, there's a couple line items there. Project twenty twenty two stormwater plan project at fifteen thousand. Project 2022 Crestmont Stormwater is 5,000. So that would be the 20,000 that you're talking about is from liquid fuels over here. Or that's no, that. I don't. I think liquid fuels is paving, Which amount to the twenty and that's the twenty-five? It's, it's actually listed on its own line item. Um, I don't know how many pages I am here, but it's under four four six point two five. I see. So the, the five thousand Christmas or more as a line item would be added to the liquid fuels. Yeah, and I added to it, but used in conjunction with okay. yeah. yeah. So there's a total of twenty five thousand dollars right now. Uh, potentially to be able to be used on on projects and transport. Yes, and then there's 15 that's planned stormwater projects. I don't think we've specified what that is yet, but got it. Those are the regular repairs that come up. Yeah. 
we, okay. I think we have a line for just fifty thousand for repairs. Uh, yeah, annual stormwater yeah. repairs is at fifty, and then we have like um, the potential to combine these because we don't know the cost yet of of Crestmont. We have the potential to either combine them to fund the initial phases of Crestmont, whatever that project looks like, as we get that scoped out, and or whatever the next steps on some projects are that we have. The many in the in the pipeline. It looks like we'd have somewhere in the ballpark of fifty thousand. Well, we'd have fifty thousand dollars for the annual repairs overall. Twenty thousand dollars in each line item, and then um, twenty from liquid fuels. Okay, now I'm confused because I'm only seeing twenty tools for Crestmont and general fund. Then you have the stormwater engineering for seven thousand. I don't think that other fifteen is for Crestmont. No, no, twenty no. from liquid fuels for Crestmont, and then five. Five in general funds, funds maybe sure. total of twenty-five, not a total of fifty thousand for Crestmont. There's, there's a second. No, 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 not first. Yeah, I'm the right. same. But the, just so as I read it, we'll reset real quick. In court, in, in, a, in the stormwater. 446.00 annual stormwater repairs $50,000 mm -hmm. right this is overall maintenance that we have budget we have project 2022 stormwater plan projects it can be anything or it can be can be Crestmont since we don't right. have the thing for it but we've allocated an additional five specifically to Crestmont that's correct and now you're saying and then also the $20,000 in liquid fuel correct. so we have 20 50, uh, $90,000 essentially allocated to the stormwater projects and repairs. Uh, am I on the same page with everybody? Yeah, you said any repairs. I didn't right? add it yeah. up, but yeah, yeah. 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 correct. Yeah. Okay, that's all I knew. I appreciate it. I just everybody. misunderstood you. I thought you meant there was 25 in general and 20 in No. Just for the one project. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Thanks. I, I just wanted to clarify. Sure, no I appreciate it, and thanks for hearing us out on the on the reopen budget. I appreciate that. Back to Mr. Nubon's amendment. We wanted to offer Mr. McAllister the opportunity to agree to that amendment because he seconded that motion. Yes, I agree to the amendment. Thank you so much, Mr. McAllister. Any further discussion on the motion at hand? Seeing none, we'll hold a voice vote. All in favor, say aye. 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 None opposed. Motion carries. Okay, and in light of that, I move to tentatively adopt the 2022 reopen budget as presented and to advertise it and make it available for a 10 day public. Six, 31st, and February 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of 2022 from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m with an adoption date of February 14, 2022. I second that motion on the floor by Mr. Jared Newbon. Is there a second, Mr. McAllister? I second. Thank you very much for that second. Is there any further discussion on the motion? Seeing none, all in favor say aye. 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 None opposed, the motion carries. Okay. And then I would also just like to remind residents and counselors that there's still funds available in the Reverend Doherty Fuel Fund. If you or someone you know would 
think you'd be eligible, certainly uh, either call our office or, or go online and, and check out the application there. And I think it's also important to note that this is not something that's taxpayer funded. This was this comes from a fund that was um, willed to the borough for the specific purpose of helping residents heat their homes. So we'd encourage you to apply if, if you think that you're eligible. Thank you, Mr. Newbon. There was a, an agenda item there too that we, uh, we moved past uh, number three, the discussion on grant writer. And uh, Mr. Jennings, if you wanted to bring up anything regarding that, I know it, it may not have fallen into the budget discussion exactly, but it is something to. Yeah, and Mr. Nelson has the lead on grants too, feel free. Um, I've just been reading quite a bit about um, potentials for the you know new infrastructure bills that are going to be passed and what that does for small communities <laughs> and how it makes it tougher potentially for them to acquire grants and these large pools of money from a federal point of view because so much of the emphasis is on cities and large metropolitan areas and even large suburbs from an infrastructure standpoint so as we've discussed quite a bit um, from a streets and stormwater perspective stormwater or infrastructure in general is at the top of mind um, I think that there's there is an open admin position I believe that's correct is that correct part time mm -hmm. yes yeah and I would I would recommend that we look to get creative in that role to figure out how we could potentially get someone in with some grant writing experience or some you know willingness to look in that direction um, because it seems like uh, monies are going to be available and we've seen with the art program that they are available um, we need you know a little to place more emphasis on that with people who have the skills to help municipal tennis out and to potentially take the lead on a few of these projects so wanted to open it up for discussion if anybody had thoughts around that i can share around a few links that i found from from reading materials and in, in regards to how you know rural communities could potentially get into these you know pools of money um, to help fund their infrastructure woes and so um, just something to, to think about and discuss if we have time now or you know feel free to shoot an email or this is this is councilman McAllister regarding uh, grant writing or grant availability I believe the borough council has signed an agreement with the county uh, to solicit and or receive assistance in grant writing for particular types of funds. Perhaps, uh, Judy, you can uh, enhance uh, my understanding of this or give me some direction relative to uh, the document that we agreed to get assistance from the grant writers that are working with the county. If I may. You may. Um, I'm just gonna clarify your statement. Mr. McAllister, okay. uh, I'm happy to work with uh, Councillor Nielsen. There are several agreements the borough has right now. The one that Mr. McAllister is referring to is the ARP fund agreement. That is an assistance grant uh, where the accounting firm will review everything as we submit for the federal reporting. The first one will be due in April and they should be having a meeting coming up in February. Uh, I have not been contacted yet. Uh, as you know, I serve on the committee with the county. And so when that comes up, I will uh, inform the committee so that they will be aware of it. Um, that would be the first agreement. We also have an agreement, a cooperation agreement with the county for community development block grant funds. 
as you know, right now we're working with two different groups with the county because we were working with the Wayne County Redevelopment Authority who are doing all the past CDVG grant programs. They will be finishing up all of those. In 2021, the county signed with uh, another grant firm, and then we are now using them going forward. But that second firm, I would certainly, as I had previously to the last committee, urge the council to actually uh, talk with that firm. They have much, they have a, a vast amount of experience in a variety of types of grants that they're doing for larger entities. Uh, but then they're on piecemeal items. There might be something, if there was a particular grant we're working with engineering firms or stormwater firms or upcoming things on the stormwater that are coming up, those are things that need to be reviewed and looked at. But there are multiple opportunities for the council. And if I may be so bold, I would also like to say, if you're heading for a grant writer position, even though I know you voted already on your tentatively adapted budget, you can allocate monies from your cash on hand for grant writing. I know Councillor Jennings said something about the admin position. The only thing, though, is if I'm being told we're not going to be having overtime, even though that position may be vacant, people are still being assigned the, that monies because the work still has to be done. So um, I would suggest that you might want to look at reallocating after you adopt the budget from your cash on hand to actually, if uh, Councillor Nielsen finds someone that he wants to work with. Okay. Because you can either go with a firm or go by grant as you find them, because you're going to have different expertise in each field that you're going for. Yeah, we, we looked at this option um, specifically when we applied for the H2O grant. It's a huge process. Um, we looked at it as an option potentially for this mode that's on here, the hazard mitigation grant for stormwater. Um, and, you know, what, what ends up happening is sometimes we can't see the criteria for four grants until we actually have a proposal to make and we get accepted into the portal or whatever. And then we kind of have to start from scratch. So we, either we can't apply. The good thing is, is that we're learning along the way. Like, uh, I, mean, I don't have to cover it now, but the hazard mitigation grant had so much information that is needed in order for us to apply. And so we say, okay, well, we might not be able to handle that now because we don't have that information, but going forward, this is part of our process. Every time there's a storm event, it's named, we mark it, what's the damage, what's the cost, how many hours were worked, what, you know, that kind of thing now is going to be funneled into information in the stormwater committee so that we can potentially act, act upon it in a grant situation. We just didn't have that knowledge until we go for those types of grants um, for the, the data that's needed. So that's the kind of thing as we look at these more sophisticated federal programs, whether it's ARP or whether it's um, whatever the infrastructure bill, you know, hope, you know, comes becomes available, just it'd be nice to have someone who's, you know, uh, familiar with and it, there right? would be uh, training opportunities too, because now that you actually have set aside funds uh, for these, I'm gonna I'm gonna call them mini comp plans for the playground and for your parks. Now there are opportunities for either the grants committee 
to either review who might be working on that or for themselves the opportunities to go and find out what the regulations are both with the Commonwealth and any other agency like play, you know, the different playground companies too that offer grants. So there's a lot of opportunities. Thank you, Ms. Boltanis. And that firm you mentioned is Hailstone with the county, correct? Yes. Okay. Hailstone has an extensive background and I have the contact information. Uh, and they come in and actually do an exhaustive interview type process. And then you go from there and then they would give you a quote as to what they feel they could best help you with. Thank you. And that is who the county is now using for at least one aspect of their grant right. So Mr. Jennings, anything further regarding uh, the discussion on grant writer or any other members of council or mayor? I'll just add that I think it's a great idea to be thinking about, certainly with all the funding opportunities that are out there and all the projects we want to get done. My personal experience, you know, in the past, having done a, uh, a grant with the borough in a different capacity, it was something that popped up kind of on a whim that someone else saw and then didn't have time for. So it fell between the cracks of the, the grant writing relationships we currently have. And I know that other consultants that are out there are paying specific attention to grant opportunities across a whole wide swath. So having a relationship with people like that might be helpful to proactively identify these things instead of just one project by project. Is that mm -hmm. how it works as of now? Uh, Councilor Nielsen, so right now the borough of uh, the county, uh, borough council of the borough of Honesdale doesn't have a grant writer. And they just, when things pop up, we just really, uh, I kind of like Hamill's like, you know, we should have somebody here that is just looking all day online for things that we qualify for to get you know funds to the borough to improve the life of everybody here especially with so many different projects that we want to complete for our citizens mm -hmm. let alone the massive amount of money that yeah. is available both from a federal standpoint and obviously working in tandem with other municipalities like yeah. the county and otherwise so yeah i mean there must be many grants for like to improve the lighting in the borough sidewalks police, parks, <laughs> there's countless places we could put money in this borough. And the fact that there's no one here looking, it doesn't make sense. We should have somebody. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ms. Boltanis and her staff, do, they find them as, as, you know, they become available or there's ones that we traditionally kind of always go for. It's just a human resource, you know, it's just, there's just not the space for that. So we, either we have to, we'd have to reach Sounds like we'd have to shift priorities or responsibilities from someone who's in the office, or if we do hire for that, that they would be able to account for the work that still needs to be done, or find the relationships with people in the area that could help us as a consultant or as someone, you know, do it for whether it's, it could even be for a limited period of time. We just know that these things are available. They go out and find it and they say, hey, this is the one you guys should be. We do this for this borough all day, every day. You know, this is the one you should be applying for every every year, every so often. So that's the kind of expertise that I think that we should be, you know, courting, whether it's with the position that's available or whether it's, you know, reprioritization or whether it's, you know, through soliciting people's, you know, input or, you know, developing some sort of relationships or partnerships with grant writers or companies to do it so 
something to think about as we kind of move forward. Um, it's something that we've we've thought about in the grants committee. It's just it becomes a budget thing or it becomes a project by project kind of thing. And perhaps then, may I suggest that maybe the the grants committee and personnel committee kind of in their meetings discuss the potential of kind of melding together the the opportunities and the and the potential you know staff opportunities that represent themselves. Sure. I mean, I think. Um, you know, I'm just kind of shooting from the hip a bit here, but I don't think we want to take away from our, our office that's already kind of running tight. But even if it were for 2023, if we want, if we wanted to go the direction of someone on staff, like it, it's probably going to take several months. I mean, I got to imagine to find someone of that capacity, at least one individual. First firm might come a little, a little easier, but um, the Councilman McAllister is is in fact uh, the Hailstone firm which has the agreement with the county, do they or do they not have access to individuals who have these talents that can be recommended to us by them if, in fact, the grants committee has a meeting with the Hailstone firm? Good question. Ms. Pultanic? I strongly recommend that the grants committee meet with the Hailstone group. I think they it is an opportunity that should not be wasted with the amount of information they would be able to provide. And they do it as a free service. They do, but it is an intensive six to eight hour interview. They spend the entire day with this group and then they come back with a proposal. I think both sides would learn. Sure. That'd be a great starting point for sure. Sounds good to me. All right, Ms. Pultanis, if uh, you'd be able to work with Mr. Nelson, sure. Mr. Jennings, to, to get that moving, please. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Any other discussion on the matter? Seeing none, uh, Grants Committee is up next. Kind of a perfect segue. Mr. Nelson, if you have anything here, um, I know that the, uh, the packet has some listed reports on current projects monthly status reports, and then the CDBG, Ms. Boltanis, perhaps you can also provide any information regarding the payments to the mortgage and the rental assistance. At this time, we don't have any current applications to provide to the committee for review, and that committee is a combination of grants and finance and the treasurer. And then that subcommittee actually reviews the stuff because it's all personal information. And then they bring it to the borough council. The grants committee would be bringing it to say whether there's one application or two applications after they reviewed them. And we do have sufficient funds to continue um, subsidizing these rental and mortgage payments. Do, do we have a period of time at which we need to spend that? I don't know it off the top of my head, but yes, there's like a two-year period. And so we've already year, started, so we should. I know it's a substantial amount still. We have a substantial amount. Um, and so I'm just wondering if maybe we could uh, we could take it to the grants committee, but either figure out a, another way to promote it, or I don't know if we're able to reallocate. I was gonna say, that's what I said. Do you, well, no, because, uh, oh, you mean with through the Wayne County um, it was a COVID grant, right. so that or do or do you want to uh, 
you could offer it again to the same people who took advantage of it. It is a different year. Right, right. Yeah, there's there's that for sure. So either re-promoting it to the public or to the people who may who have already taken advantage of it. But you know, if it's sitting there and we're up against the deadline, and we we can use it for free tests or you know masks for the public or whatever or for people. I don't I don't know something to just consider since. Um, you know, even in the 211 reports, the number one thing is rental assistance. I know the county is getting it pretty good. Um, uh, they call it pretty, pretty good interest in that since they do have their own fund as well. Um, yeah, something to consider or discuss from council, or maybe we can't even do it. I don't know, but um, we got to figure out a way to get it in front of more people and have people take advantage of it for sure. I can have her do up a synopsis with the deadlines and stuff and provide it to the committee. Okay. That'd be quite helpful. Thank you. And then uh, do we can set up an email chain to get a monthly meeting going for the grants and also the sure. or meetings or whatever request forms and stuff. Okay. Virtual whatever whatever the committee would like. Cool. Sounds good. Uh, May I ask one more question? Yeah, sure. uh, with that committee, now that was partial finance. This one, I guess you can talk at your first meeting if you want to continue with the same subcommittee you had before. Yeah. Okay. We could, we could talk about that. Because the treasurer was involved since she's the one who reviews all the applications. Yep. Both for Reverend Doherty and uh, we have it all go to one person. And then she deals with the committees to get the approvals. Because she's doing Anything further from the Grants Committee report tonight? I know we're just kind of kicking off a, a new purpose or, or a renewed purpose for that. Um, look forward to the things that come this year and pre subsequential years. Insurance Committee, I know Mr. Ajoli, you've just been appointed there and you wanted to take this one agenda item or I'll pass it on to Judy. That will be changed, obviously, our insurance package this year. Uh, we basically provide the same insurance company for both their workman's help and their general insurance. And Jerry, can you tell us about this here? Okay. Um, before you had multiple companies, uh, this is a package with selective insurance. They provide both workers' compensation and uh, what I call the verbal package. It has all your liability, your auto, your building, and so forth. Uh, and what they did is now that you've actually signed the paperwork, the applications, the insurance policies are being written. Selective now has given us a very thick set of paperwork that needs, they need additional information. And the only person who can sign those again in a borough would be the, the council president. So uh, there's a motion before council to authorize the council president with the assistance of the insurance committee or myself to complete the paperwork and have him execute the documents. We already have the, the policies are being written. This is additional information that the questionnaires that they're asking us to complete. On that, I'll move that Borough Council authorize the Council President and Borough Secretary to complete the additional required insurance applications and authorize the Council President to execute the application via DocuSign when prepared. That is my motion. That's a motion from Mr. Ajello. Is there a second? Second. Second from Mr. Jared Newbon. Is there any discussion on the motion? 
Seeing none, I'll hold a voice vote. All in favor, say aye. 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 Any opposed? Seeing none opposed, the motion carries. Thank you very much. On to Parks and Rec Commission, Committee. Uh, Mr. Jennings, I appreciate you sticking in the game there. Yeah, excited to work with Mr. Nelson on this too. Um, let's go. Um, do you mind if we start with number two? Sure. Yeah. Since, uh, you want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, this is Councilman Nelson. I I don't know if it's a, I had an idea. I don't know if it's a good idea to put a gate on access to Gibbons Park. Uh, it would be closed in the evenings when the park is closed, and it would be open in the morning. The DPW goes up there to do what DPW does up there. Um, I had a conversation with Dan Brown. He said it wouldn't be a big, big deal. We're already up there. No problem. He can even put it in. Um, I asked the police about it. He said, we don't have people on duty at that time, so I had nothing to say, <laughs> which is kind of another reason why it's a good idea to have it, because uh, you know we have limited resources for that. Um, another reason I thought it would be good to have is on the 4th of July, you can go up there while they're setting up a fireworks, which is kind of a liability, I think. But I don't know if, it, if you agree. It's, I'm not you know, married to this idea. Uh, I thought it would be a good idea, and I put it in a to have a discussion about it, if anybody else wants to discuss it, that's great. I know he said there was a gate up there at one time. What happened to the original gate? I don't, I believe you, uh, if. Yeah, this gate I would like to put on the road right after uh, Mr. Schweikhofer's driveway. Yes, the other gate on was the to keep one. them yes. off the other part where DPW was uh, doing stuff with the glass, the grass skipping clippings and the yard debris. There was a second gate, but that I, I believe, as Mr. Nielsen just said, that that he wants one on the road. It was just, I thought there was one on the gate on the road after one of his house and that. I thought there was a gate up there one time in the past, years ago. The way of being, I know because people kept being stuck up there, they had to open the gate and let them out. Years ago. There's, there's two gates on the top of the hill. There's one that cordons off the, the debris, and there's one that cordons off the access to the park part. Up where you go to the star. Mm -hmm. This would be, I guess, a property line also along the road. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it'd be cool to explore that in terms of just being able to secure the park. I know we're talking about we've we've had a lot of discussions about the base of the park. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the top of the park needs some some love too sometimes. So it'd be we'd be happy to talk about it in committee and all the only issues with a lot. I mean, just a fun kind of conversation. If we put a gate up there, yes, okay. But then, if it's during the summer, people will be here at 9 o'clock at night. Who's going to lock the gate? Yeah, I think we'd probably have to come up with some sort of process on the around that. Weekends, holidays. Yeah, I was going to say weekends. Yeah, so. The park's open at 5 a.m. Someone just asked a question on the social media. Park's open at 5 a.m. and close at 9 p.m. Okay. Do we have CPW staff on hand? No. Maybe, uh, well, it might even be good, as Mr. Nelson pointed out, like even at special events like fireworks, you'd be able to close it off at least. Say, hey, the park is closed at this point. Well, they, they were doing it putting, uh, at one point, they're putting horses up there. Okay. So they've been doing that in the past. They did. They did. Excuse me, Mr. Council President. Mr. Algello, would you please talk into your microphone? I, I, and I, I can barely hear you. I apologize. <laughs> Why don't we, uh, unless there's other 
discussion and obviously open to that, but we could definitely have it as an agenda item for the Parks and Recreation Commission. Yeah, I think that would be prudent. We could have a deeper discussion on how to place it and if it's, you know, what if any procedures could be if we decide to move forward with it. If it's even necessary, but yeah. But I, the, now the individuals go out there all hours of the night, all hours of the night, like four or five o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. There's always people traveling up there. Yeah. Nothing good happens after 11. Is that what it says, right? <laughs> we should charge admission then at that point. Sorry, Mr. Pulten. It's a safety issue. It is, it is. And, and that would possibly be a deterrent then mm -hmm. to those folks who, who might suddenly realize there is a gate. It is most times you know, in place, and, and that would possibly deter that activity. Mm -hmm. Yep, that was my thought. Okay, let's refer this then, if that's okay, with the rest of the council and Mr. Nelson to the Parks and Rec Commission, which meets the second Wednesday of the month. And then uh, that can be reported out of committee then to come back to council, hopefully when the permafrost thaws. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. Yeah. Mr. Jennings. A couple things here. Um, as you, There's a, a seven list recommendations out of the commission, which took place on the 17th, or I'm not sorry, not the Whatever last Wednesday's date was, sorry, time has become nothing to me. Um, whatever last Wednesday was, we had a Parks and Recreation Commission meeting, a lot of good discussion in there. Oh, we welcomed a new member, Carolyn Laurent, who was appointed last meeting we had here. Um, so she got involved, which is great. Um, a couple key recommendations here and some things to talk about in terms of um, the pool, for example. Um, we really thought that uh, the appointment of some sort of subcommittee to handle the pool at a, as a more, in a more holistic way rather than specifically within the parks would be great. Um, that included people obviously within the council and admin staff, but people from the community as well. Um, so you'll see that's the number one recommendation that they recommended. Um, the council form a subcommittee that includes Parks and Recreation Commission members for how to run the pool in 2022. Um, I'm not sure if I need the motion, but you could so. you could direct if you'd like, if you see so fit. Just kind of giving you a recap of the meeting that we had. The one thing that does need a motion um, is the recommendation on the rate schedules um, for the quality, or I'm sorry, um, rates for the pool personnel and the bonuses, right? So with that, the, the uh, commission makes a recommendation that the borough council accept the proposed rate for the pool personnel, which is actually in your packet. Uh, which page is it? Sorry, fellows, and everyone in attendance. I believe it's starting at ten dollars. Oh boy. Yeah, it's in this packet somewhere. Yeah, it's in the monthly reports right after that insurance email. Right, it's in the monthly report. Okay. Yes, yes. Yeah, there's a, an outline of what the rates are. If I could just give them a We're passing over half. Oh. <laughs> Sorry for the. Cool. So the resolution um, for pool rates. Um, I don't know what the resolution would be at this point, but the first year lifeguard would make eleven dollars an hour. Second year twelve. The manager fourteen. Pool admission staff, it would be a non-lifeguard to run the inside operations of the pool in terms of checking people in, working the concession stand, things of that nature would be 10. And then a bonus in order to um, incentivize people to actually come and work for the pool would be a one-time bonus of 
$150 paid after eight weeks of service at school. So it'd be an end of the week kind of year um, incentive. Um, originally we had offered certifications and all this stuff, uh, but I don't believe we're doing that any longer. What we would do is basically give them the $150 and they could use it as they would wish. <laughs> um, um, so, especially because we do have some some people who are interested who already have their pool certs or their lifeguard uh, certs. So, with that information, I'm not sure if anybody has any questions at this point in time. One question? Yeah. Are we still doing the renting it out to the uh... the YMCA? Yes. Um, it's not. We are probably going to talk with them about not doing that, um, especially because we have interest from additional um, organizations within town. Diver Day Camp is going to be uh, reactivating their camp, which is wonderful news, and they would also like to um, bring people to the pool um, at certain hours of the day. So we used to work with them quite closely in the summer times to have special kind of swim time for them as well. So in a kind of an exclusive agreement with the YMCA would really hinder any other kind of community involvement in the pool, um, let alone the people who just come to swim. Um, so I, I think that's probably something that's on the shelf, but we would like to talk to the Y about ways that we could potentially work together. And I think that would be handled mainly within that subcommittee, um, especially if I'm, somebody from the Y would want to be on that subcommittee or something like that. So um, that's yes, kind of- Yes, she does. I was instructed to call and she's interested. Okay, great. So I think the good thing is, is that we have interest in the pool all around and that um, we want to work closely with community partners and how to get people, as many people there as possible whenever it's open. It's great. Cool. Very good. Okay. So, Judy, what is the next resolution? Is that Number 11011. What was it? 1011? 011. 011. Okay, sorry. So, um, I'd like to recommend, or I'd like to make a motion that um, Holmesville Borough Council through resolution 2022-011, the resolution for pool wages of 2022, be it resolved by the Borough Council of Holmesville, Borough of Holmesville, County of Wayne and Commonwealth of Pennsylvania that the Borough Council authorizes the following wage scale for the 2022 pool season. Year one, $11 an hour. Year two, lifeguard, $12. Manager of the pool, $14. Pool admissions, $10. And the bonus after a minimum of eight weeks of service, a one-time bonus of $150 effective January 17, 2022. There's a motion from Mr. Jennings. Is there a second in the motion? Second. A second from Mr. Jason Newbaum. Any discussion on the motion? Seeing none, we'll offer up a voice vote. All in favor, say aye. 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 Are there any opposed? Hearing none, the motion carries. Thank you very much, Mr. Jennings. Great. Thank you for that. Um, the next thing, um, we had discussion um, before about Park's comprehensive plan. Part of that being a maintenance plan um, and kind of a planting plan with um, Forrester Paul Kowalczyk. After discussion within the commission, they said, why don't we just get fees for any Forester who would want to do the job so that we'd have an idea of what an hourly rate looks like and we could actually like give council a recommendation on how many hours we should spend on portions of or all of the comprehensive plan, which we just reallocated $5,000 to. Which is great. Um, I appreciate that. So um, with that, 
I make a motion that borough council seek rate schedules from qualified foresters through the creation of a basic maintenance plan for the borough parks. There's a motion on the floor from Mr. Jennings. Any second? Second. There's a second from Mr. Jason Newbon. Any discussion on the motion? What is the plan? What is this maintenance plan? This would be a maintenance of the parks plan, which would include um, what do you call it? Uh, planting as well. So, um, blanking on the word landscape. Landscaping. Yeah. We have a lot of very old trees. Yeah. In Central Park and other places. Yeah. So apple trees that are in need of placement. Right. Oh, yeah. We also have interest in people planting memorial trees. We want to make sure that we can recommend quality memorial trees and a place to maybe put them. So we'd be able to kind of like drive that discussion, figure out what the maintenance of the park looks like from a process perspective, but also our best recommendations of where to put stuff like that, memorial gardens or planting, and what types of plantings might work best from a native planting system. This is Councilman McAllister. Uh, regarding the uh, forester, hopefully there would be a um, specific uh, instruction to the forester to identify uh, potential trees that should be taken down or removed from specific areas regarding the parks. Yes, Mr. McAllister, I do believe that that would be uh, part and parcel to the um, the plan here. And Ms. Patanis, if you wouldn't mind, if there's a, a capability to increase the volume on our end to here, Mr. McAllister, it's just slightly lower than some years. But I think we, we got the gist of, of what- Maybe you need to speak louder, Bill. <laughs> okay, that any better? No. Not any better, huh? Not too much better, but whatever you can do to amplify on your end, we we can't do too much more on our end. Well, mine's up to a hundred, so that's a lot better. I think, I think we've got a, a little bit of uh, juice on the end here. Okay. Any further discussion regarding the motion? No. Seeing none, we'll hold a voice vote. All in favor, say aye. 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 Any opposed? Seeing none. The motion carries. Thank you very much. Cool. Um, in your packet, as Ms. Glover had recommended or had spoken about in public comments, there's a uh, review for approval uh, for the uh, parks use request form. So that would be council review it as well. And if we would like the solicitor to review it at this point, um, I don't know if anybody's read it yet. Um, or if anybody has reviewed it, if you have any comment on it now, that would be helpful as we do shift it over to the solicitor for him to think about. So is there any comment on that? <laughs> uh, I certainly, uh, I was part of the uh, commission when Ms. Glover brought this to the commission and uh, it was kicked back, but then brought back up. And it's, it's a lot of work to put this document into play. And, and really she's done a fantastic job with that in the commission as well, kind of trying to, make it as simple for the community to use uh, because we do want our community to have access to their park system. Um, two of the things that I would just note briefly, um, and, and they can certainly be open for discussion or uh, the solicitor's review as well. Um, Ms. Glover did uh, note this as well in, in her public comment that the filming and photography section is, is a little bit amoebas in some ways, um, just because you know, the borough had at one point entertained the creation of a media ordinance overall for public spaces. 
And uh, I do know that in the last calendar year, there was a federal case settled um, uh, based on the uh, the attempt to to film um, commercially even within um, a national park system uh, property, which would be the National Mall in Washington, D.C. And that uh, case was settled then uh, determining that it was unconstitutional to uh, abridge the First Amendment rights of, of anybody who's able to um, to take videos or picture in public spaces like that. So there would be maybe very, very, very um, specific cases in which, like Ms. Glover uh, uh, attested to, where maybe a very large Columbia Pictures or Marvel decided to shut down the entire town for a, for a shoot, where that would be the case. But it does seem as though uh, that case law might have settled the uh, the ability for public and governmental entities to prohibit or, or require any permitting for uh, videography in public spaces like that. So New York City no longer has any rules for filming in Central Park? I think that if, if it, that would be something that we could have the solicitor look into, but I do know that the national park system, being that it's, you know, across state lines and everything else, has changed their guidance. Not just funny, like the world map, the national park system. I'm sure. saying, I, I suspect that the city and other larger cities are not that open. Nothing more comparable to that. No. But to no. use that specific reference, right. maybe inappropriate to conceal them in the federal agency versus the state and local. So I'm saying that I guess either way, but just be careful what sure. terminology we're using here, what context is in. Absolutely. But that would be something that I would suggest maybe Mr. Andrew would be able to track down some some basic information on there. Thank you. Mayor's office in New York City saying on the Any rules? Right. So so I would need to make a motion though if, if attorney Henry's reviewing this, correct? You would, yes. Yes, I believe that that would Okay. So does anyone else have any comment in and around that right now, Ms. I think I'd rather rate first review okay. of the form. Okay. So uh, I'd make a motion to have the solicitor review the parks use request form and then uh, prepare it for Bureau uh, Borough Council's review and subsequent approval. There's a motion on the floor from Mr. Jennings regarding a review of the park request usage form. Is there a second? Second. Second for Mr. Jair Dubon. Uh, any discussion on the motion? Seeing none, all in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Seeing none, the motion carries. Uh, the, you, the last two here regards to the, the fireworks ordinance. Uh, one is a recommendation to review the proposed amendment to the fireworks ordinance and the permit. And then there's a recommendation that we amend the fireworks ordinance and permit so that the fireworks application have to be reviewed by the Parks and Recreation Commission. So, um, I don't have a motion written for this. I don't know if there's any guidance on that either. Um, in terms of that, we would need to have, it's basically a similar process. We'd need attorney Henry to review it, correct? And then for our approval. And in that, there would be a second one to have it go to the Parks Commission. I just don't know the mechanics of this. Ms. Pants. I attended the Parks and Rec meeting also. Uh, I believe she separated them out because one is one paragraph that she presented to council. 
that she thinks should be reworded or added. And the other one is the fact that the current legislation doesn't have a review process by Parks and Rec. So I think it would be fine if Councillor Jennings just had the solicitor write his opinion on both of their suggestions. Okay. And then bring it back to council, yeah. the committee or whoever. That makes sense. Um, so I make a motion to have Solicitor Henry review the proposed amendment to the fireworks ordinance um, for review and subsequent approval or consideration, I should say, um, by borough council. Um, included in that, having fireworks applications reviewed by the Parks and Recreation Commission. There is a motion from Mr. Jennings regarding a review of the proposed fireworks ordinance changes and permitting process. Is there a second? Second. There's a second from Mr. Jason Newbon. Any discussion on the motion? <coughs> Hearing none, I'll hold the voice vote. All in favor, say aye. 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 Anybody opposed? Hearing none, the motion passes. Thanks very much. Um, so just two my, uh, small things. Um, now that the resolution for the pool wages have been passed, can we direct Ms. Mm -hmm. um, Boltanis to start promoting it on social media and press release? That would be very helpful, Ms. Boltanis. I have several potential people who are waiting for tonight's result. Okay. To make your decision. So thank you. Great. So that as soon as as soon as that's able to be promoted, um, please feel free to fire away. <laughs> um, the last thing and um, something that I think is in the solicitor's report has to do with Gibbons Park in re regards to the carriage path. We've made contact with a few property owners there across um, across both Riverside and um, and the Watts Hill. Uh, we're still working on that situation in terms of getting more information about what exactly the borough, um, what exactly our options are there. Uh, particularly of interest is the carriage path. We are in contact with that property owner to figure out how that jives with, um, you know, easements and their insurance and our insurance and things like that. So um, that's something that we are working diligently on and that we're trying to come to a solution sooner rather than later. But we want to make sure that we get that right so that there's no um, there's no issues in the future like we kind of face now. <laughs> um, I believe that's everything from the parks report. Mr. Nelson, do you have anything else? No. Good. Solicitor Henry, do you have anything else? I have nothing else. Okay. We're good, good to go. Thank you, Mr. Jennings, Mr. Nelson. We're on to the parking committee. Mr. Newbon, if you had the monthly report available, sir. Sure. PEO meter tickets issued were 471. Total PEO voided tickets were eight. Total written by police were 80. Voided by police were one. Total magistrate parking fines were $366.14. Total parking permits were $3,475. Total dumpster and contractor permits were $20. Total lot permits were $2,425. Total parking tickets were $3,499.25. Uh, total meter collections were $10,638.99. Um, um, total pavilion fees were zero uh, for a grand total of $20,424.38. And that concludes the parking report. Thank you.
We'll stay with you for public safety committee report, please. Okay, I have the year's, year's report. I guess you want the whole year? You'll take it. All right, I'll talk about it. So for the month of January, we had 89 dispatches, 82 responses, and seven unavailables. For the month of February, we had 49 dispatches, 38 responses, and 11 unavailables. For the month of March, we had 85 dispatches, 75 responses, and eight unavailables. For the month of April, we had 66 dispatches, 61 responses, and five unavailables. For the month of May, we had 83 dispatches, 67 responses, and 16 unavailables. In June, we had 96 dispatches, 75 responses, and 21 unavailables. July, 75 dispatches, 67 responses, and eight unavailables. In August, we had 78 dispatches, 71 responses, and eight unavailables. September, we were pretty busy with 118 dispatches, 104 responses, and 14 unavailables. October, 98 dispatches, 75 responses, and 23 unavailables. November was 67 dispatches, 47 responses, and 20 unavailables. And December was 79 dispatches, 60 responses, 19 unavailables. For a total of 983 dispatches, 824 responses, and 160 unavailables. Thank you very much. Right, Rice, to a point of information, what is it unavailable? They are not available to send a secondary service source. We have more than one ambulance company in the area. So if there was not available, you only have so many ambulances in the area, there's more calls than we have. But somebody shows up when they call, right? Eventually, find somebody down the line. They can. Again, you have the number of ambulances. We choose companies as a number of ambulances. And they have to. So un unavailable just means they didn't get there on the first shot. We had somebody they had no back up. At that moment, the call they had no available ambulance to respond to that call. They were able to try to prevent the calls. Interesting. And that's that always happens. They're always well. And between two, at some point, somebody does show up, mm -hmm. and they do have a plan A, plan B, and plan C. That's good. But that normally happens. Exactly. Very, actually, they're doing very well compared to previous situations we had. Was terrible. Very well. Certain communities are looking to establish regional EMS services based on the, the declining um, availability of, of these VLS uh, units. So this would be, you know, obviously a, um, as far as many would take it a pretty good year. As far as I may speak, this is really great because I was involved with council when we went through other situations and it was really, really bad. This company is, I think, is doing very well for us. This is this is cottage, right? This is cottage. Mr. Newbon, thank you very much for that. You uh, you have another item here: um, the sale of the police vehicle. You want to? This was put out the auction previously. The gentleman who won that auction. Um, did not pay for the vehicle, therefore, we have an opportunity to possibly re-advertise. Re so I'll just make a motion to re-advertise. What do we do that? Judy might get paid this off. The bids were how high. We have one very, really high bid. How high would the other bids? So what happened was this person did not pay within a time period, and then therefore we're not able 
as the first the seller to contact the next person. If he had said right away within the prescribed time period, then we could have gotten him off and found out what the next bid was. I mean, we do have access to that, but that second person didn't have the opportunity to purchase it. So uh, he waited too long saying that he was gonna process it. So therefore we're, we do not have the opportunity through the auction service to go through it without re-advertising it. Now, this is actually, it doesn't cost for any money to do an electronic auction because the buyer pays all those fees. So uh, that's where how the auction people make their money. They pay that on top of whatever bid they have. So the only thing that will be cost to us is the required borough advertisement in the newspaper, which only has to be once, which is about 50 bucks. Um, but then we can still do another online auction. Since we know we had bids, we could do a quick auction and get it for your next meeting or try to get more and do it for your, your meeting in February, your first meeting in February. Uh, last time we had one that someone did when we didn't get bids, we, the solicitor asked us to re-advertise it three times before we try and we finally accepted something less. This bid was within what the vehicle was worth. The second bid was to, okay. in the range that we could accept it. But we don't have the ability to contact the, the uh, back bidder or the, the no. second bidder. So what we need is a motion to right. Yeah, I just need to know when you want to know who that person is. Which meeting do you want to do it at, so I can set up the auction. I would say we string it out. It's a little bit longer to have it have it out there a little bit longer and have other people have a chance to take a look at it. That would be my suggestion. Makes sense. We want to get it off our hands now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That'd be fine. Letter that motion. Um, so, which meeting are we going to? So your next one is January 31st. The one after that is February 14th. The one after that is February 28th. So, I make a motion to re advertise the police vehicle for sale. Um, with so bids due by February 14th. If you do it on the 13th, then they have an opportunity to say yes, and I will have it for meeting. With, with, with final bids due by February 13th of 2022. Right. There's a motion by Mr. Newbon. There's a second by Mr. Jennings. Is there any discussion on the motion? Hearing none. All in favor? Please say aye. Aye. Any opposed? Please say no. Hearing none, the motion passes. Thank you very much, Mr. Newbon. We're under the stormwater uh, committee, and Mr. Jennings uh, has the floor. Cool. Um, monthly status reports, they're in your packet. Uh, one thing to note, I spoke with Ms. Pultanis about this. Um, we're going to redesign the form a bit so that it has more information for you. So we're going to work with Tad to um, not just list kind of the date, and we're going to be a little more granular with the area the project scope, and then the costs or the either hard costs that we have um, that we know, um, our best guesses, or our, what do you call it, um, whatever uh, JHA kind of gives us an estimate on. 
what they think this cost of the project might cost. Right now, we have that information through JHEC, but we want to give you a better report so that you know exactly what we're looking at. Did this project get completed? How much did it cost? Is this project in the um, in the works? How much did it cost? Or was the winning bid? Who has it? Um, is this project in the pipeline? Yes. What do we think it's going to cost? Or did we get like a hard um, estimate from JHA? It'll be there for you guys. So um, look for that. I don't know if it'll be ready for the next meeting, but hopefully we'll be able to have it for one of the February meetings. And they're on out um, as we list the stormwater projects. So that's what that is. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about real quick, Homesdale Area Stormwater Task Force. Now we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but um, there was a task force that was formed through State Representative Fritz's office for the Vine Street project at the Catholic Church there on, on the Hill. Uh, what we want to do is make that a regular thing and not an ad hoc thing. Um, and so what we'll be doing is forming, um, you know, requesting uh, neighboring municipalities, um, neighboring stakeholders, stakeholders within the borough um, to join this task force and you know reinvigorate this task force, whether, whether it's the county or the um, conservation district, whoever can be at the table so that we can take a more holistic approach to fixing the stormwater infrastructure that um, ails our, not just the borough of Holmesdale, but neighboring counties and stakeholders. So. Look for that. Um, uh, we'll be drafting a letter um, and an invitation um, probably this week, right, Judy? If you'd um, like, yes. Yeah, so what we'll, we'll do is we'll meet and uh, get the lowdown on that so that we can invite people to the first meeting. We'll make it a thing. I know that uh, Mr. McAllister had, uh, or Councilor McAllister had mentioned looping in the county and things of that nature. We've been talking with the Conservation District, who is the county's representative in these instances. But what we really want to do is expand the scope to talk with Texas Township, talk with Cherry Ridge Township, Bethany Township, whoever we need to talk to, so that we can figure out, you know, what problems are for, they know what our problems are, we know what their problems are, we can look at them maybe a little bit more of a holistic picture rather than taking things along, um, you know, municipal lines, right? So share information if we have any, and um, kind of be there for each other as this, um, as this uh, takes shape. So that's item three, it looks like there, um, but that's the task force that we're talking about. In terms of the stormwater management authority slash legal services, um, attorney Henry might be the best person to speak to this um, in terms of why this is needed and what this does in terms of next step for the digitization project so that we get an idea of the impervious surfaces in the borough, but also the ability to act on that information. So I don't know if you have any further context that may be needed for counselors. Well, the only way the borough can uh, authorize some sort of stormwater use fee would be, the principal way would be to create your own stormwater authority. You can't do it under the borough code. You could use the Central Wayne Regional Authority, but you would then not have control of what was going on. And that's not to be disrespectful to the regional authority. Uh, one of the questions that I answered the other day was, what happens if you don't, if you decide not to use it or don't need it? I don't know any problem about, other than you're gonna spend about $5,000 to set it up. You set up the authority, you're ready to roll into the next phase. 
and we know Mr. Jennings better than probably anybody else here. It's been at least a year or more, two years, that you've actively worked on this program. And I think one of the one of the ways you're going to probably fund it would be some sort of stormwater fee. And the best way to do it, I believe, is to create a homestead borough stormwater management board. Yeah. And Go ahead, sir. Well, the reason why this is also needed, and we talked about this kind of in the budget and also in the needs for the grant writer, is we have these projects that are hundreds of thousands, if not potentially millions of dollars, as we talked about with the H2O grant process. Um, and we need help now. <laughs> so it's it's both a it's both a near-term and long-term uh, potential solution for funding that we have for um, the need for stormwater specific infrastructure. So um, something to just consider, this specific motion that you see in your packet is in regards to setting up the authority, is that, that's correct. correct. So it's not, as Mr. Henry said, we're not necessarily committing to the formation of it. What we do need to figure out is how to set it up and at least get ourselves to the to be able to, to potentially take advantage of the next step of the digitization project. Um, and that, that may or may not be a stormwater, a potential um, stormwater impact fee that's up to council. But in order to even get that considered by council, you would need to set this up. So this is the foundational step. So some context for that. Does anyone have any questions? Do you have any other context in around that, Mr. Henry? I have none If I may quickly then, Mayor Williams. Uh, this, if it comes to fruition that we do enact an impact fee for stormwater, there are exemptions out there. So it's not that every single property with impervious surface has to, you know, be levied a charge for the impervious surfaces, correct? Sure. Uh, it's like any, any, any other charge, you can have breaks. Sure. This uh, allows you to go out. That's why we're working on the digitization of impervious cover right now. Right. I think you'd probably be somewhat startled about what percentage uh, there is of impervious cover in the borough, and that's the problem. But as Mr. Jennings was just saying, it's our neighbor, some of our neighbor municipalities that effectively probably have could not take this into consideration because they're not down in the valley like Homestead. But I think that I think that this is an important one. On top of that, I think uh, maybe it was just will kind of subtract this from Mr. Jennings. It's just to accept the rates. So I think that, uh, and I also volunteered in, in correspondence with Mr. Hamill recently that if anybody wants to talk about some of these issues on a, on a relatively informal basis, I'd be more than happy to do that in groups of three, so we don't have any problem with sunshine. You know, Mr. Jennings is very well versed on this. I know other councilmen have, uh, like Mr. Gallo's worked on this thing, and uh, so have new bots. But the newcomers, I think you'd be startled by some of the prospects or some of the ideas have been kind of floated around a little bit, and the dollar signs that are attached to some of those projects. But there's no question we have to do something. You know, Vine Street is a typical one, Crestmont's a typical one. They're all related, and they head to the river. But I think this, this uh, 
This motion, I believe, is an appropriate one at this time. I'm curious if we've had conversations so far with the Central Wayne Regional Authority to explore their capacity to, to add stormwater to their current mission. Because it would seem to me that that conversation might be helpful around this same time in that it could save us some admin costs and they already have the experience for digging around with pipes. That's not what this so I think it, it's a different, different subject. And if you look at the application that the uh, regional authority sent to the borough and some attachments today, one of the one of the things they're going to do up the press fund is to, to redo a 10,000 little feet of uh, sewer line to try to keep surface water, groundwater out of their system. So this is not be disrespectful to the central it's just if you do it on your own, you have your own control, own complete capability and capacity to do what you want to do. And that is not again, it's not disrespectful to the regional authority, but you can't do it without setting you can't do it, the borough can't do it without setting up an authority. You don't have the power in the borough code. Right. I'm just confirming that the Central Wayne Regional Authority, we could get in a relationship with them to handle those same authority role for us, correct? Right. And, and, and there may be some upsides to that if they already have the experience we've, underground. We've been in touch with an attorney from Eckerd Seamus who does serve as a bond council and effectively authority council for the regional authority. So I think it's, we, we don't want to overplay what we need to do in this thing or duplicate what the original authorities already done. But again, this is only to effectively set up the authority. They never use it. So what? But I think you're gonna you're gonna need to come to that point where you're gonna probably have to use it sometime in the near future. Yeah, our goals and our, our goals are to uh, talk with this. CWRA in regards to the tax force because we, we need to know what projects they're going to be working on so that if, if the roads open we can work if we need to work much like up at Crestmont roads going to reopen what can we do while the roads open is it the same side of the street that we can do something with regards to stormwater those are the things that there isn't there just isn't you know DPW may have that knowledge and they you know they, they have the information, right? But it's not available necessarily to everybody in a way that from a high level of thinking say, oh, well, crap, like this road's going to be open. We have a major project that we want to get started. Can we expedite it? Do we have a quote? Do we have the things we need to do in order to work at that road right now instead of like ripping it up all the time and have people going over temporary surfaces? So it's kind of like a mixture between stormwater, streets, CWRA. That's what the task force is looking to do, really. From the from a digitization project, I think it's probably best as a separate authority, and that's what this kind of sets up. That way, we 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 keep the the focus on specifically with stormwater while we're working with these stakeholders and the task force. I don't want this task force to be an ad hoc thing where it's just like, great, we did the vine street thing, now we're you know never going to meet again. It's like. No, 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 we're going to meet monthly, quarterly, whatever it is, in order to get everybody on the same page and say, hey, this is a major project problem with Homesdale Borough. How can we work together? Hey, this is a major problem for Cherry Ridge Borough or Township. How can we work together? Like, those conversations just don't happen, and that 
this is the idea of a holistic plan for a storm storm water uh, storm water management system. That's the, the idea in and around that. So I don't know if anybody if anybody ever needs any context in and around that, I'm happy to talk your ear off on it. I'm always available on you know by phone, email, or text or in person. So um, in terms of the legal the legal services, I'm going to make the motion now just so we can move it forward, but. Again, happy to hold anybody into the stormwater task force that we're legally allowed to, and we'll, we'll go from there so that we can get some some things moving. Um, uh, so with that in mind, I move that Borough Council accept the rates as stated in the December 14, 2022 proposal from Eckert Siemens for the engagement and connection with the creation of a municipal authority by the borough empowered to impose stormwater fees payable by owners of certain real property in the borough in the amount of $5,500 plus out-of-pocket costs and expenses such as filing fees, mailing costs, photocopying charging, charges, travel, et cetera. There's a motion on the floor from Mr. Jennings. I don't know if you wanted to make note of 2021 versus 2022. I think you mentioned 2022. Oh, December 14, 2021, my apologies. <laughs> All right. We have a motion on the floor from Mr. Jennings. Is there a second? Awesome. I second. Mr. Agello, second the motion. Um, do we want to have any further discussion on the motion? We'll, uh, we'll hold a voice vote for this one. All in favor, say aye. 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 Any opposed? Hearing none, the motion passes. Thank you very much, Mr. Jennings. Uh, Mr. Henry, you guys, your expertise is invaluable here. I know Mr. McAllister comes in with also a lot of fervor and, and anticipation of, of getting those holistic um, solutions together. And one thing that I would say is that it does seem as though now is the time. There's no better time than now. So thank you again for that. Was there uh, something else then? You had one more agenda item for the hazard mitigation? Oh, uh, just a note on the hazard mitigation. And sorry, uh, we, we touched on it earlier. Um, the hazard mitigation grant did get extended. However, due to the extensive nature of the grant with the data that we don't currently have, we are working that data into our new processes for recording stormwater events. And therefore, we could be prepared for grants of that nature going forward um, through the admin office and stormwater committee. So. All right, Mr. Jennings, thank you very much. Thanks, everybody. We'll move on to the streets committee and a monthly report there as well. If Mr. Rivon has that hand. Uh, I don't have a monthly report, but I do have a DPW work schedule. Thank you. Uh, Monday, 3 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Tuesday, 4 a.m. to noon. Wednesday, again for snow removal, uh, was 10 p.m., 6.30 a.m. Thursday, they worked again, 10 p.m. to 6.30 a.m and then Friday, 7 to 3.30. Thank you, and we do appreciate their their help in making the streets safe and passable Definitely. so we can all get to where we need to be. Okay. All right. Okay. Mr. Nelson? I don't know how this works. Is this only a second meeting? So for a streets committee, um, do you have like a do you meet or something? How does that work? We don't have anything as of right now. This is the first time that I'm the chair of it. Oh, so we're going to you know start looking into and developing like, can I recommend things to get repaired or like, I'm sorry, can I make recommendations for repairs on the streets? Sure. We'll, we'll just like send you an email or something. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. Thank you very much again. And, and the next uh, committee as well is, is under your, your stead, Mr. Newbound, the workplace safety committee and a monthly reports there as well. 
if that's in your packet. If not, we can dispense with it. We have, we have no monthly report. And again, I just took that over as of tonight. So we're going to start looking at maybe developing a couple of routines and plans and stuff for the workplace safety committee and, and moving forward there. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Up next is the zoning committee monthly report. Mr. Ogello, I know you just took that over as well. We can read when we're given. Uh, we have for some inspections, just to be aware for this month, there were 11 residential inspections, there were no commercial. Under resales, there were two residential, no commercial. Uh, year to day for residential inspections, there's 122. Uh, one residential, I said, commercial, there were three. And for resales, there was one commercial. The fees for this month, I'm a little confused by this, but the fees for this month are 1680. Oh, that was residential. Then year to date for commercials, 3150. This month for resale is 370. And year to date for commercial, $100.50. Uh, residential rental registrations, there were for this month, 288. Uh, and 130 properties. There's actually some price here, so I'm not sure. Layout here. It also shows 621. Oh, year to date, I'm sorry. 288 for this month, 100 of units and properties, 130. A year today for this for the year for units is 621. Properties were 224 in total. And under resales, the units done were 333 and the properties were 94. The fees for this month were $7,100. For last month, the amount was $8,325. The year to date, fees were $15,425. Building permits, uh, the fees for this month were $3,364.97. Uh, that was under NEIC, and zoning was $650. Uh, the total for those two combined was $4,014.97. So that's building permit fees. And last month, uh, the building fees were $27,339.99. And here today, that was under residential, excuse me. And then a commercial uh, year to date was $31,354.96. Uh, there were under fines and violations under property maintenance. There have only been two year to dates that have been done and nothing collected apparently, which is not good. Uh, fees in general, conditional use, there was one for $1,000. And last month there was a year, last month there was not a year to date. There was uh, apparently three conditional use fees for a total of $3,000. Uh, beyond that, in your packet, they will also give more information about the breakdowns of the residential inspection. I'm not going to read, but it's there for you to peruse. Uh, the amount paid was $6,414.97. As the report, I, I want to bring this up tonight. And I want to listen to you as well. We had additional use recently, and this was brought to my attention by somebody near me. Uh, unintended. Uh, that there are quite a few Airbnbs operating in the area that are not uh, have never gone through the zoning process, which is completely unfair to not only to the other businesses that have gone through the process, and also unfair to the neighbors and those who don't know that this is in their backyard. I think that we should start a process of finding them. Which I was thinking about it's, it's really easy. You go to Airbnb, type in Airbnb home sale, and see what comes up. And if we do, I think that we should start contacting these people politely, making them aware that they may be in violation and to contact the borough office for further steps. I think that we've been remiss on that. Uh, this last one got my attention, as you know, when I was sitting here. I didn't realize it. I didn't think about it. It's, 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 it might have just actually was going on a customer the other day. They bought appliances for an Airbnb that they were doing. 
I didn't put the two dots together until this past that last year. So I'm asking that we all sort of be on the same page. Um, I don't know whether we as a committee can do the Airbnb thing or ask them for our office to look into it more openly graduate. As they are identified, the letter goes out. Some of them contact us, some of them don't. So it's a good idea if we have a zoning meeting that we can discuss that. And as you know, we have a vacancy in that position. And that is something that we need to talk about too, whether you want to combine the positions or separate the positions. Okay, we'll get together whenever it's convenient for Whenever you. it's convenient for the two of you. Uh, uh, the zoning clerk works from 9.15 to 1.15. Okay, so that I like. I mean, he more. can stay later if it's a day that I can ask. Well, I, the person I'd like to do early the morning as possible. Mm -hmm. So nine o'clock. Well, he's there at nine fifteen. So. Oh, he's there at nine fifteen. So he's there at nine. He's got a lot of bus traffic. He can act it here. <laughs> so he has to follow the bus. Week is, is he available next week? Uh, you set the date. Yeah, he works Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. So I'll do whatever. It's Monday. My man. Yeah. Monday next week. Not this time, Monday night. Thank you for bringing that to our attention, Mr. Ajello. And I do believe uh, Mr. Nelson and I attended the Planning Commission meeting where there was not a quorum recently. There was another Airbnb uh, owner on Main Street that was going to go before them. Um, and the Planning Commission mentioned that there were a few more in the queue, too. So it does seem like, you know, we're getting that caught up at least in that respect. But thank you for that. If I could, Mr. President. Sure. Um, question, and this may be rich, you might have some insights on it. If there were a situation where a use was previously permitted, let's say, or has like a certificate of occupancy or what have you, um, going back after the fact and asking them to you know, go through the conditional use process would be maybe voluntary or, or would we have teeth to even ask that? <laughs> I guess it depends on how it was accomplished to begin with. If they did it contrary to what the borough code was or what the schedule of uses says, then they're in violation. So the only way they can bring themselves into, into uh, compliance with the ordinance is to go through the conditional use process. And I think that, that the young lady who appeared here last week was wise enough to say that she, she realized that she was in violation of the zoning ordinance and that's why she was here. So just uh, it's it's a difficult situation because in our Supreme Court, Pennsylvania Supreme Court, two years ago, kind of struggled about can short or can short term or do short term rentals automatically fit into residential zones? I said no, tough. but it, it's it becomes very cumbersome. We've tried to take some steps, as you recall, this past summer to to make it more. Uh, amenable, I guess, in a certain regard, not so much convenient, but more amenable and more acceptable. But I think that, uh, you know, around the lake, Lake Wallenpawpack, there's so much activity down there, throwing conifers, short-term rentals. It's just it's quite amazing, it really is. Okay. Thank you. And the only other comment I would add is that that uh, recent zoning work was helpful and pretty comprehensive, all things considered. And I'm not sure what the timeline is like for that to show up on the borough code online, but having that refreshed and up to date would be helpful because some of these situations might not be conditional uses anymore. They might be principally permitted. Process, so it's the zoning, but 
if you would like to, this is still zoning. I can answer that even for the new councilors um, and new mayor. <laughs> okay. Uh, in the budget, the borough council usually only puts in enough money for one supplement for the year. So it's usually done in the fall where when you think you've been past what you're going to do for that year. And uh, the supplement was actually done right before that one was passed. So as long as there's money available, you can always do multiple supplements. But I think the, this current budget still just has about one in there. Gotcha. So if they want, they could do it now. But then if you do other amendments, which I think there's multiple uh, ordinances that you're thinking about right now, you might want to wait till the spring or the summer, or if you think something's coming along later on in the year. That's the only reason why. Sure. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. I would just maybe recommend that we get a, a signed copy of the most recent stuff up there, the PDF otherwise on the website. We can post that so then people are aware of what the most recent regulations are. Mm -hmm. uh, so they they should already be uploaded under new legislation, like if they search for it, they should not only see the current code, but also the new legislation that was recently passed. Okay. Off to the left, there's a line that says new legislation, and that's where anything sends the supplement, when we upload it, that's where it appears until the next supplementation. Okay, great. Thank you. Any more discussion on zoning? Well, I have Thank you so much. We're on to correspondence now. Um, we received several items, uh, the first being the PPL poll attachment agreement, which we, we had received from PPL after executing that on the borough side the end of last year. Um, and that does not require any action, correct, Ms. Nance? Uh, I'm sorry, yes, it does. The oh, I'm sorry, they, yes, yes both, both PPL uh, comments. So the first one, now that we have the executed poll attachment back from PPNL there, and all of you received it before the council meeting in your mailbox. This um, bit now necessitates that the borough, who already has verbal agreements with the Greater Homestead Partnership and the Wayne County Heroes Veterans Banner Group, or, I'm sorry, I'm probably mispronouncing their name, um, we now have to have agreements with them because the agreement is very specific. I've spoken to Solicitor Henry about setting up a date when we can discuss this, because we then will have to have agreements with both entities, and they cannot just now go have their third party person where they themselves take their banners up and down, which they have been doing, because they now have to go through the borough. We have to identify who their vendor is. Their vendor now will have to have special insurance requirements that they I'm sure most of them would meet but some of them were doing them themselves that wouldn't be acceptable by PPNL the buck stops at the borough so if somebody did something incorrectly the borough's name is on the actual agreement we never we there was no poll agreement previously so this is first for everyone so I would like a motion to actually uh, send it to the solicitor so that he can develop um, the agreements that we can review and send to the entities because one group already wants to take down all their veterans banners, but they can't until we go through the process of notifying the exact date that they go down, who the vendor is, and send in the insurance certificate. It has certainly created a lot of controls on how we do things and when, and exactly. the penalties are pretty stiff too if we do not adhere to. Yes, if you read right. in the sections. Okay. 
I've identified 25 things for the solicitor to review in the agreement that we either need to send on to the other groups. Uh, so it's not like, it's not going to run as smoothly as it did before where they could just go put them up when they wanted to and take them down when they wanted to. Just because they were permitted doesn't mean we have that same control anymore. Understood. So I open it up to council then based upon having received that agreement back, uh, signed by both parties, PPL and the Homesdale Borough, if we would want to direct the solicitor to review the new requirements and uh, suggest some agreements for those entities that currently do place things on them. I'll make said motion. I'm Second. sorry. There, there's a, a motion by Mr. Jennings. There's a second by Mr. Jared Newbach. Any discussion on the motion? Seeing none, all in favor say aye. Aye. Any opposed? Hearing none, the motion passes. Thank you. Uh, the next up is CWRA, Municipal Notification of Planned Land Development for Chapter 102 Permits. This would be in reference to the Crestmont sewer line replacement. And uh, there is also an option here to um, propose that we authorize myself, council president, to sign and acknowledge the notice and return it to the proper agency. I would entertain a motion for that, correct, Judy? Yes, we have not had one of these. We went back five years, and I actually gave you the letter that the county had sent to the borough when they reviewed it, the last page of that thing, so you could review it. That's how far back it went that they started this process. They're still not complete until they get this document back from us and they have to send it into the government and finally get the okay to do it. Okay. Do, do we confirm with them that we will or will not be able to work in, while they're working? In terms of, we, we talked about, again, what we could do from a stormwater capacity in Crestmont with, this, this, with the street open, right? And we said, oh, it's on the wrong. Is this the one that's on the wrong side of the street? This is the one that's on up, up above where our stormwater line is concrete and is fine, according to DPW Director Brown. Okay, so the things that we have to monitor is what the what new stormwater issues may be may arise from their construction. Is that handled in this? In this? I thought this was replacement of the line. Right, but when they yeah. repave, or remember, like, oh, okay, the issues but, with one Crestmont happened when they tore up the street and didn't put a curb up, basically, right? Correct. So, like, how do we how do we ensure that that stuff kind of okay. stuff doesn't happen again? So we're not dealing with people up the hill from Mr. Bonds in here. That is something that uh, can be dealt directly from council to CWRA. This letter is actually from. Uh, the DEP, which was prepared by CWRA. This is just a municipal notification letter. The borough really, in this case, this particular piece of correspondence just needs to be signed that it was received by borough council at a council meeting. Right, so how do we officially get the information that we need to make sure that they're... Well, I think, I think Mr. Jennings, uh, and as the mayor indicated just a little while ago, this, this effectively is the DEP notification is really nothing more than is it is it compliant or consistent with your comprehensive plan? That's all you're really going to say. Uh, and in a situation like this, of course it is. But I think that when you return that, I send a copy to 
the uh, Central Wayne Regional Authority and indicate exactly what you're talking about now, saying that you have a project, potential project at Crestmont, that you'd like to know exactly what they're what they're working on. And they use uh, I forget who their engineer, Antec. On some of their projects. I think if we, we go back to uh, the regional authority and somebody said we have a project up there that's going to also require digging up streets and things like that. Is there any way we can do this in conjunction with the regional authority? I don't know how far along are they there with the project. Uh, they're, they're waiting for everyone to get paperwork back and they're actually waiting for the borough to issue the actual permit. That is where it would be good if the stormwater committee could meet again with Mr. Brown uh, because uh, it's about the issuing and how they actually do the repaving of it. Remember that was the issue we had with another project and how the permits are, the committee might actually want to suggest changes to the permit process. But I wanted to, if I may, address uh, Councillor Jen uh, Jennings' question. Previously, in previous years, we used to actually send the the, the council, the seven, borough office, whoever, would send a letter to all of the utilities asking them during the budget process what streets are you going to be working on in the next year. Yeah. Then during the budget process, you could actually discuss projects that you wanted to fund during that time period. Right. And that's what we would do again, if you would like. Okay. There's nothing wrong with sending out letters now, even though they're a little bit late, to find out what those streets are. For sewers, we do have the list because they already submitted all of their streets in one permit. And see, that's where it goes to. If you issue that permit, if that one street is done, they only have X number of days to actually repave curb to curb if it is a curb to curb one or one lane. Yeah. And the problem has been is they'll say, well, all these other streets run that same permit. Therefore, we're not going to repay until all the streets are done. Then we had to have a, um, an amendment written up. And we brought that to CWRA's attention when they came to ask us about these particular streets that I think I mentioned to you, Broad Street, Union Street, some of these other streets. Um, for That's why DPW Director Brown asked for additional paving projects. Some of the streets they're doing may only involve three houses, but it might be on a street that's only 40 feet long. So they're going to pave curb to curb and leave 10 feet on one side and 10 feet on the other side. So he wanted a small paving of money or allotment so he could ask that same vendor to pave the rest of the street. Yeah, that makes sense. I just want to make sure that we could get, I don't know if it's called a model, it's not a rider, but a letter to them about our our needs and our projects that we're, we're currently scoping out in the areas that they're going to be working on extensively too. So. Uh, we could help craft that. I think we should probably schedule some sort of stormwater committee as soon as we can get it, okay. um, where we can be in person and kind of just get all this stuff, you know, organized. Sure. When you send this back, I'd send them back at least the draft diagram that Mr. Mosher put together, showing where your where your some of your plumbing is up there, some of your stormwater problems. Yep. So because you know darn well that some of their lateral their main lines are going to be in the same area. Yep. Okay. Sounds good. 
Thank you. Absolutely. This is all trying to get us set up for the future here. So uh, we'll entertain a motion for uh, signature of that notice from CWR. I'll make the motion. Mr. Jenks makes the motion for signature of the CWRA municipal notification execution. Any second? Second. Mr. Jason Newbound with a second. Any discussion on the motion? Hearing none, we'll move to a voice vote. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Any opposed? Hearing none, the motion carries. Thank you very much. We have two. Um, one more thing under the actionable items here, the PPL proposed meeting, future lighting plan, and holiday decorations. I know that uh, Lana Roberts with PPL reached out, uh, requesting the presence of representatives from Borough Council, as well as GHC and uh, Representative Fritz's office. Um, for Thursday at 10, correct, Judy? Yes, it's a Zoom meeting, so Zoom. it's a virtual meeting. Okay, and uh, in, in that capacity, I think that it might be prudent to have um, the economic revitalization folks involved because it does entail the, the, the plans for the GHP revitalization plan to replace streetlights um, in fall, hopefully over time. And uh, if, if Mr. Jared Dubon and Mr. Jim Jennings would be able to attend that meeting, um, I may also be able to, to listen in, but otherwise that would help us kind of get, you know, to a point of um, moving forward with PPL, with GHP, and potentially, uh, you know, any grant funding that would be available there, too. I'm, I'm available. I don't have the link for it, but that's available. I can email you. The, well, yes, that was a printed thing because it came in that day. Okay. I can send you the email so you can It's Thursday at 10, right? So I have that right. Thursday. Okay. Yep. That would be helpful, Ms. Botanis. Thank you. You can send it to Jared, myself. I have it. I think we're only limited to three based on that. So it's, and just to confirm, it's Thursday the 20th. Okay. It just says next Thursday. I'm looking at the date. Yeah, I think we just got it. Cool. End of last week. But we could definitely report that out to grants. Obviously, Mr. Nelson. Yep. All right. Non-actionable. We have two items there for uh, your perusal: PSAB, DOT, non-DOT drug and alcohol testing program fees increase, and the 211 newsletter for November 2021. All right. We have some unfinished business to get to. The first being the amendment to Chapter 152, peddling and solicitation discussion. I know that that was included in the solicitor's packet, correct? And if you all had a chance to review that. I think it was in under unfinished business because it's been going from meeting to meeting for the last three or four meetings. I don't, they think the solicitor one was just the current letters. I think we made up a separate one that said unfinished business. Uh, I don't think it's, it's in the solicitor one. It's, in the, yeah. it's okay, there's a few packets here that we have get the handle. There it is. So this would um, revolve around the peddling and soliciting on sidewalks for re oh, sorry, not on sidewalks, peddling and solicitation discussion um, for that amendment to chapter 152. Because the new law change. The law change there was, right here. There was a uh, Somewhat celebrated case, and I think they. I'm actually uh, 
are related to the came up with, I think they call the, the lemonade stand. Right. It's just to bring it into compliance with what the legislation has said, or legislators have said. Because right now, if you have a lemonade stand, you're probably in violation of that aspect of the ordinance. Understood. And we don't want to make kids public enemy number one. So, uh, seeing that the solicitor has, has outlined the the uh, formalities here in, in this, would uh, we entertain a motion to advertise, correct, this ordinance? I move that Borough Council advertise the proposed amendment to Chapter 152, peddling and soliciting as presented. Mr. Jim Jennings with a motion. Uh, any second? A second. Mr. Nielsen with a second. Any discussion on the motion? Hearing none, I'll hold a voice vote. All in favor, say aye. 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 Any opposed? <coughs> Hearing none, the motion carries. Thank you. The second one is the amendment to Chapter 179, Streets and Sidewalks, and Chapter 210, Zoning, regarding use of sidewalks for retail use and time frames. This was also in our packet, correct? I think that her, the actual larger one was in a previous packet. And we have correspondence from, from Mr. Henry, correct, about the meeting and, and suggestion that moving that to zoning, correct? Well, I think, as I indicated to you, uh, Mr. Hamill, just the other day, we had, I think, a very productive meeting. Ms. Pocanis and uh, Mr. McAllister, uh, Burns and Versus were there from Greater Homestead Partnership and, and Tom Bachelor's there for zoning. And as we were gathering about what we what we want to do, and we just want to make our site, we want to allow for expanded use of sidewalks. The cafes are terrific, I think. But we, we, we can't have extension cords and things like that running back and forth. And we also were concerned with uh, covers are on, not so much on it, but covers it took up the appearance as though they were going to be permanent. So I think it was Batcher or maybe McAllister who said, wait a second, we're only talking about Main Street. We should be talking about the other sidewalks. That was effectively the only reason why I suggested maybe what we ought to do is take, a, take another look at this aspect from zoning as well as streets and sidewalks, because maybe it belongs under zoning, because it's, it's effectively a land use. I'm not saying it doesn't belong under streets and sidewalks at all, but I think that we just have to be somewhat crafty about how we're going to do this to make sure that we accommodate as many possible uses of our of our main street sidewalks, because it's very, very attractive people love them. Understood. So I, I'm just saying that maybe my suggestion would be rather than, I don't think you're ready to advertise this yet, but maybe what you need is somebody from zoning and somebody from streets and sidewalks or one of the other work, uh, committees to talk about it back and forth. I'd be more than happy to do that as well. And uh, I think the one, one thing we want to do is try to frame exactly what you want to say, what you want to do, what you want to accomplish. And you could really put it in either one of the ordinances. I don't think it's that big of a deal to put people ask, but I think you want to put it in the ordinance that's most meaningful. Understood. Do any council members have any input regarding that uh, from zoning perspective or otherwise? 
that personally like to see the mayor involved. Sure. Mm -hmm. well, how do we <laughs> would uh would zoning be able to take that on possibly then if that's all right with you? Yeah, sure. I'll and make then, time. And then maybe conference across the streets and just see how that dovetails. And then we can get back to the solicitor on how to move forward or to full council, right? Maybe I think right. We're someone from the streets can come. I think you already paid your consultant Shepstone to review it. Okay. So we can look up his comments well, too. I think what we I copied Shepstone after our meeting. One of the results of the meeting was maybe it doesn't belong just under streets and sidewalks. Maybe it should be in the zoning. So I copied Shepstone with that. Shepstone came back and I think I think the only criticism or concern he has was it might be more expensive to do it through zones. I'm not exactly sure why, because you saw it through the amount of process. But as I said to you just the other day, Mr. Campbell, I think one of the things that uh, we have to take a look at, and this is a long time coming, because before I became solicitor 10 years ago or so, the borough spent a considerable amount of money in a draft of a new zoning ordinance that just gone nowhere in a decade. And it's very difficult to put one together that fits the needs of homes of borough. The classy small town, I think that draft was 175 pages and the county planning department just land-based it and it probably deserved to be land-based. But I think that there are certain, some things, and one of the things that just came to my attention recently, Asher and I were talking about a situation that probably involves the zoning violation. Church Street is the boundary line between two, two zones. So on one side of the street, you can do A, and the other side of the street, you can't do A. So that creates a difficulty. And, and really, when they put in one-way traffic, they effectively made Church Street a commercial street. But on one side of the street, you can, you can, use, you can exercise the commercial uses, and the other side, you can't. I think that there's certain things that we just have to take a look at. But I think Chefstone and your zoning committee did a great job last summer, including now the mayor. Um, I think that everybody put their two cents in, and I think that you came up with a pretty good amendment to resolve some of those issues. But there's still some out there that I think need to be attended to. Thank you. We'll move ahead with uh, with that particular item, but in a, in a much more holistic mindset, I think, going forward for, for zoning concerns. Um, to expedite things here, let's move on to new business then. Uh, personnel matters. I know that we've all had information from the labor attorneys. Um, if we've all had time to review that, I think that it would be prudent at this time to accept the motion regarding the grievance settlement. Would anybody on council be willing to make a motion regarding that? I'll make a motion. For us, for provided with a settlement agreement involving a grievance in the GOA, and will the council approve the agreement as provided? There's a motion on the floor from Mr. Mike Augello. Is there a second? Second. Second from Mr. Jared Newbon. Any discussion on the motion? Of course, this being a personnel matter. Um, this is uh, the extent of which we're able to provide here um, with this agreement. Uh, we have no discussion from council members, correct? At this time, I'll move to a voice vote. All in favor, say aye. 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 
Any opposed? Abstain. I don't know what the hell this is. I'm going to abstain. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Mr. Uh, Nielsen, this is your first abstention. There would be a form to fill out from that standpoint. Uh, not that one. There's a, a much larger sheet there. <laughs> and I do believe, Ms. Multanis, that um, um, not having been a, made a uh, of those issues. Councilor Nielsen will write his objection down, what he feels his reason is, and then all the abstention forms, as you will notice in your minutes, are actually photo are actually made an exhibit of your your minutes, Understood. so that they're there in case there was ever any question. Okay, thank you so much. We have uh, seven, six council members, four, zero against, and one abstention. The motion carries. Thank you very much. Um, Next on the agenda is additional agency appointments, if any. And currently, uh, we are still in need of a vacancy board chair. We are in need of some other committee appointments as well, probably a half dozen, including alternates. Do you mind three. if I go out and start soliciting some of these people? I okay. do believe that would be okay, helpful. Good. Thank you, Ms. Poltanis. Everybody's in agreement to that, correct? Yeah. All right. Finally tonight, uh, before our final uh, opportunity for uh, citizens' input and the review and authorization to pay bills, uh, we wanted to discuss uh, a potential mask policy for uh, public meetings such as this. Uh, I know that this is a, a new iteration of council, but it's still the same pandemic, and um, we're we're here uh, almost two years into that and into our third year of that, and with COVID cases surging locally, nationally. Um, it, it is a, a question that we should ask ourselves as council, whether or not we want to require ourselves while in a public setting like this, where um, we have the opportunity, <laughs> I would hate to say, to, to share germs in, a, in a, a respiratory sense. And then just as uh, recently as the 3rd of uh, January, we approved the, um, the star being lit to support our, our local healthcare workers who are on the front lines um, dealing with with that surge of, of COVID-19, um, let alone the fact that we do require or uh, ask our borough employees to mask while they're here. So, council members, I know that this can sometimes, and and certainly hope not all times, be a very uh, difficult situation um, because of personal preference. But I I hope that everybody can discuss here, you know, the the merits of a masking requirement for these meetings until COVID-19 were to abate. And I open up the floor to any discussion regarding uh, the suggestion of, of creating a policy for public meetings here uh, in full of, of those in attendance. Any council members? I'm not in favor of this. It's a personal freedom. You can wear it if you want. I don't think we should dictate people wear medical devices against their will. <clears throat> I wear it personally because of my own situation, but uh, I wouldn't push it on somebody else to do it. It should be a matter of choice. It's because um, the mask protects the person wearing it, mostly. I guess it, it does have some effect on other people, but um, that's just my, that's how I feel. I don't think we should allow, uh, dictate what people should be doing or not. It's not enough for it. There's, are there other members of council who have thoughts or... I agree, I agree, Mr. Nelson. I don't, I don't think we should be enforcing that on anybody else. I think it should be a personal decision. Uh, to be honest with you, I probably would have had a mask on tonight had I not seen that somebody was going to tell me to do it. And I think other people are going to have that same feeling. 
and I understand, you know, where you folks stand with this too. It's it's not a an issue that is as easy as enforcing it and the person who's then having to wear it would feel as though they don't have a choice in that matter. I think we do want to encourage people to have the choice in the matter. Beyond that, I, I submit that we have a duty though, beyond offering choice to our uh, people in attendance, but to each other, that we, we do whatever possible to mitigate the spread of, um, of any germs, let alone one that could be potentially deadly in this case. So I certainly, in my position here um, as council president and newcomer to council, I'm, I'm uneasy coming to this proposal, but at the same time, I think that it's a necessary step because God forbid we came to this council meeting, to this council chambers, and, and infected any of our, our staff members who then would be either uh, laid up in, in a hospital for a long period of time, had to stay out of work for a long period of time, and then borough business could not get done in an ample time frame. And so I understand that we have to weigh these choices and we have to weigh you know, these, um, these personal freedoms that we have. But at the same time, if we avoid, <laughs> if we can have a way to avoid those situations where people can transmit that that um that infected then i think that we would be able to to do better by the public and do better by each other here at the this is this is councilman McAllister. yeah i uh, yeah. i am uh, i am vaccinated i got a booster i don't wear my mask and those who have been vaccinated and boosted are catching the disease regardless of whether they've worn a mask i think it's about time that we respect our freedom and continue uh, to allow those who want to mask to go ahead and mask and those who do not are entitled not to that's my opinion thank you thank you mr McAllister, mr jennings yeah i mean i i appreciate all the everyone's view on this i think a couple things. Uh, I, I think the goal and what the hospital has recommended too is they're seeing the surge in the in their units as well. As Mr. Hamill had pointed out, we have relit the star or continued to light the star in their honor. They recommend masks. They recommend social distancing. They're recommending the sanitizers. And I think you know, it, out of respect for the hospital. I mean, they just. I would take their advice. I'm boosted. I have my vaccine, um, but I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't even know if I have it. You know, like I test as regularly as I can and can afford to. Um, and I understand those concerns as well. But I know I can spread it, and so I don't know what Mr. Nelson's status is. I don't know what anybody's status is. It's your own kind of a choice. But I know that I don't want to spread spread it to anybody. I don't want anybody from the public spreading it to me. So. If I have my mask on, it protects, it doesn't just, it doesn't really protect me. It protects me from spreading it to you. And so, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a difficult conversation to have. I get it. But I do know that the hospital is overwhelmed. I do know that I do know that cases are up. I do know that we live the star. It's just like a domino effect. I do know that we have members of the public here now, you know, so like, 
personally, I think it makes a lot of sense. But you know, I well, I, I get. I make the discussion and one, two, three, four, and five are going to vote no. Maybe two voting yes. So I think we can stop discussion at this point. I don't think it's going to change the mind. Correct. No, it's, it's understood, and it's I appreciate it. So maybe, I mean, we want people to be safe. They can social distance. I'm going to wear my mask. Sure. Most people are, but to force others at this point, hmm. I don't think it's appropriate. And, and we have um, virtual points. We have the virtual option now going forward. Right. So every meeting. Just, I think people need to be responsible and take take the risks that are acceptable to them. If you are uncomfortable seeing people with someone without a mask, go virtual. And you, you, you have those options. And like I said, I would have a mask on tonight out of respect for you gentlemen until you tell me I have to. Then I feel like I'm being violated and I'm not going to do it. I could also just add, and I know we're kind of winding down on discussion, but for me, you know, it's the meat and potatoes. And when I don't have a policy to look at, we're, we're not really discussing much here for me personally. So, no, that's understandable too. And uh, mm -hmm. it definitely is fair. Um, seeing, seeing that the discussion um, would not necessarily lead to a, to a vote in the affirmative, I just um, would appreciate everybody, uh, would, would want to mention that I appreciate everybody's input on this because it emanated from the idea that we had just taken the action on the third um, with the star kind of lighting that. And, and I, I felt as though, at least from, from my standpoint, if we're going to take that type of action, is there other action that we can be taking in any way, shape, or form to, to not only show support in a symbolic way, but in an actual physical way? So I hope the rest of the council understands that's where I was coming from in that respect. Understood. Thank you. All right. Seeing no, uh, no motions or, or other consideration, uh, we have citizen input. If there were anybody else who'd like to speak at this time, both uh, Online or or in public? He just asked to be put on the next agenda. I am oh, okay. saying I'm putting in the minutes that he spoke and he's asked to be on the agenda for next meeting. That's helpful. Thank you very much, Mr. Uh any announcements at this time or we'll move to review and authorization to pay bills. Seeing none, Mr. Newbot, if you'd like to carry <laughs> on your task of finance committee chair and bills payable from the general and others. Sure. Um can I just clarify, Solicitor Henry, you stated we're perfectly fine to pay bills <coughs> with the budget being reopened, correct? We can Yeah, I read their opinion. Okay. So we can sell it out. Okay. Yeah, so okay. so we well except with 
I think the issue then was, can you pay the generally regularly occurring bills from the time you reorganized until tonight? I sent that order to Ms. Popas. Okay. And I said, go ahead and pay, because I don't think the statute that allows you to reopen the budget certainly doesn't mean you have to stop doing business. So I said, pay all those bills on the list except for mine, because otherwise it sounds like I just came up with that idea. So, but I did suggest that you ratify the bills that you paid since the reorganization meeting as part of your packages tonight. Yes. And then, and then I think you can continue to go on because you don't, you really don't have a new budget until February the 14th, 14th right. right? So I stand by that, that, that opinion. Okay, thank you. I, I think that what Councilor Newbottom was asking was when you read your opinion, you didn't necessarily agree with PSAB. Can he pay all the other bills, like the fuel bills and stuff like that, too? I would say so. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't see it, but it's a differing opinion. So if there is one out there, then I still don't think the statute that allowed you to reopen the budget means you have to stop. I think you just, but I think. The underlying concern would be if you have enough money. Yeah. It seems to me like you have money in reserve so you can pay your bills. Sure. I think you're in, in perfect shape. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate the clarification. That being said, I move to authorize payment of invoices in the general fund list number one in the amount $42,650.04, which can be paid during the reopening budget process. There's a motion on the floor for Mr. Jared Newbon. A second? Second. Second for Mr. Ajello. Any discussion on the motion? Hearing none, all in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Hearing none, the motion carries. I move to authorize payment of invoices in the general fund list number two in the amount of $3,796.05. Motion on the floor for Mr. Jared Dubon. Any second? Second. Second for Mr. Michael Ajello. Any discussion on the motion? Hearing none, we'll move to a voice vote. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Hearing none, the motion carries. I move to ratify the payment of invoices from the general fund in the amount of $2,300.30 made on December 28, 2021. There's a motion on the floor from Mr. Jared Newbon. Is there a second? Second. Second from Mr. Nilsson. All in, uh, any discussion on the motion? No. No discussion. All in favor say aye. 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 Anybody opposed? Hearing none, the motion carries. I move to ratify the payment of invoices from the general fund list in the amount $28,842.96, which were paid during the reopen budget process on January 7, 2022. There's a motion on the floor from Mr. Jared Newbon, second from Mr. James Jennings. Any discussion on the motion? Hearing none, all in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? None. Motion carries. I move to authorize payment of invoices in the liquid fuels fund list in the amount of $6,356.19. There's a motion on the floor and a second from Mr. Jennings. The motion was from Mr. Jared Newbon. Any discussion on the motion? Hearing none, all in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Hearing none, the motion carries. I move to authorize payment of invoices in the pension fund list in the amount of $9,138.66. There's a motion from Mr. Newbon, second from Mr. James Jennings. But I can't, your, your voices are getting faster, faster, faster. I can't read that fast. <laughs> Mr. Jared Newbon with the motion, Mr. James Jennings with the second. Any discussion on the motion? Hearing none, all in favor say aye. 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 
Any opposed? Hearing none, motion carries. All right, I, I need, need a motion for adjournment. I need to adjourn. Mr. Nelson. It was at 8.45. Second. Second for Mr. James Jennings. All in favor right. say aye. It was Dave. Dave yeah. Nelson with the motion. James Jennings with the second. All in favor say aye. 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 Thank you, everybody. Good job, everyone. Woo! The first one. Wait, you're still being recorded. Wait a second. The meeting for next Wednesday? No. Can we do it this Wednesday?